and welcome to Casa Loud Chats, a podcast dedicated to Nickelodeon's, the Casa Grandes, and the Loud House universe. And I'm your host, Sunny, and welcome to episode 56 of Casa Loud Chats. And today, we have a very exciting episode for you today because we are going to be talking all about the Loud House movie, the anime movie. Yes, yes, the anime movie, the, 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 Loud, the Loud House Netflix movie just came out about a week or two ago. And today, we're finally going to be talking about the most anticipated thing in our entire fandom, the Loud House movie that's been in production for years and now it's finally out and it's finally been here and I'm sure everybody's been seeing it but I've been holding off on talking about it for so long and now I'm finally going to be able to talk about it on my show because I got to talk about it on the Treehouse Sessions with Saran, Wyoming Parmesan, aka Nat, and Nate of the other fan page of the Loud House of Casta Grandes but now I'm going to finally do an episode on my show talking all about the Loud House movie and I'm very very excited to talk about it but of course I'm not alone in talking about the Loud House movie I have a very special returning guest on my show today. Of course, he's he's been on the show multiple times before. I've had him on, on for special episodes and other episodes, of course. But I wanted him back today for a big occasion in our fandom for The Loud House, as we've both been anticipating this movie for a long time. Is of course, one of my best friends in the fandom, King Mitch 20. Welcome back, Mitch. Hey, third time's a charm, am I right? Yep, yep, that's right. I had you on for Schooled. I had you on recently to talk about the Luddy episode of The Loud House, but I, I was thinking about who I wanted to have on for the movie, and since I had you on for Schooled, the season 5 premiere, I figured since, you know, you've been anticipating this movie for a while, we've talked about off off uh, the, this podcast about the movie and how hyped we've been for the movie for a while, so I figured bringing you back on for the movie was the, was the right choice, so again, thank you for joining me again once again on my show to talk about the big anime movie for The Loud House. No problem, no problem. I'm glad that you chose me to do this uh, do this with you because, yes, like you, I have been looking forward to this movie ever since it got... Well, it, 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 it first got announced back in 2017, but then they Nickelodeon scrapped it, and then they brought it back in 2019. So ever since 2019, really, that I've been looking forward to seeing this movie. And then we like this year. First, when we got the the image for it back in January or February, then we got like the little trailers and, and the teasers and the, uh, sneak peeks and stuff, mm-hmm. all the way to the posters, and then the official release date, which was last Friday, and then the official release. Like I was nervous, man. I was nervous because the fact that we got allowed house movie a movie from my my and sunny eclipse's uh, current favorite cartoon you know something that none of us would have expected way back like in when the show came out so the fact that we got a movie to our name alongside other cartoons that have movies like the regular show movie and you know Billy and Mandy movie, you know, stuff like that is honestly amazing, amazing to see. So, yes, I've, I've been looking forward to this, and I'm glad that I actually watched it. I woke up the following morning. The first thing that I did was text her, and I was like, good morning, son. And she was like, good morning, Mitch. Why are you not watching the movie? And I'm like, I just woke up. <laughs> so since it was on Netflix, I had the experience of watching it on my television, which I did, and... It was pretty much the best 87 minutes of uh, my that entire week. Honestly, this this movie, spoiler alert, I guess 
yes, this was really good. A really good film. Yeah, no, I mean, spoiler alert, the movie was probably the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, the best 87 minutes I've seen ever. And, you know, I've been in so many fandoms that had, that got movies or just got, like, specials that are sound like their movies. But the last movie was, like, something that we've been waiting for for a long time. And the fact that our fandom got so popular to where we have a main show with five seasons and a sixth season coming soon, a spinoff that's super successful that has a third season coming very soon, and a movie to our name is crazy. But even not even just an anime movie, as we'll get into later, we also have a live-action movie we need to discuss too. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep the discussion of the anime movie further down later in this podcast, but... It was definitely worth it for all of us fans to be like, well, we did it. We made it to where we got a movie. And that is such an accomplishment of being a fan of The Loud House for five years is that for the fifth year, we finally got a movie to our name. And that's incredible. And and it's, 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 it's an amazing feeling. And again, I can't wait to talk about the movie because, again, I've talked about it before on Trial Sessions, but I can't wait to just discuss how much I love this movie and how much it means to me and... I'm very excited, of course. So, like you, it was definitely worth the wait. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely worth the wait, you know. Um, it's crazy that not only that we got this movie, but the fact that we're getting a holiday live-action movie in, like, three more months. So, <laughs> that's just... we we just getting spoiled, man. We're getting spoiled in 2021, and I'm all here for it. Yeah, yeah, it just it feels crazy that, again, we've got so much material to work off of, and not even just, like, the shows and the movies, the comics, too, but I hope eventually we get more merch, because it seems like we're very limited on merch, and Nick could be making a lot of money off of merch, especially for Casa Grandes. I'm waiting for my Roddy and Plush Casa Grandes, but, but yeah, as you discussed, we're, there's, a, there's a live-action movie, so we're going to get into that, because... The movies had so much hype that there hasn't really been a lot of news for both shows, but there's still some big news to, to discuss. So, Mitch, do you want to get into some news for The Loud House of the Casa Grandes? Yes, I would love to get into some news. All right, so let's get into some Casa News! And as we said at the top of the show, the Loud House movie, the Netflix anime movie just came out, so we'll be talking about that later. But we also have to discuss the Loud House live action movie, A Loud House Christmas, is finally confirmed and is coming out very soon, like it's coming out in November, which is very exciting. And we've had a bunch of things to, 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 to uh, feed, feed us off of the live action movie coming that, of course, it is still happening. We've had a trailer, we've had a behind the scenes uh, segment for the movie, and of course we have the cast of the movie and so let me just read the cast to you of the loud of the loud house movie that we know about right now so we have a uh, wolf okay I'm, I'm not gonna pronounce these days correctly as i say so we have wolfgang sniper as lincoln jazar bruno as clyde lexi genex as lisa ella allen and mia allen as low and lana respectively we have U- yeah, Arvin, Arvin Bradley as Lucy, Morgan McGill as Lynn, Catherine Ashmore Bradley as Luann, Sophia Wo- Woodward as Luna, Dora Dolphin as Lenny, 
Lexi Dito as Lori, uh, Charlotte Ann Tucker as Lily, Brian Sapanik, who of course voices Lynn, Lynn Senior on the show, is playing Lynn Senior in the live action movie, which is honestly perfect casting. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone perfect that could. Yeah, th- there's no one that could have played the dad to him. And of course, Miranda Moss as uh, as Read Aloud. And we know a few other stuff because in the movie itself, apparently there's going to be fan favorites in the movie. So overall, there are 24 characters in the live action movie. And we know about three cameos. We know there's going to be Bobby because of Lori. We know uh, Mr. Grouse is going to be in it. And apparently I saw in one of them, Catherine Mulligan, the news reporter is going to be in it. So that's three cameos. So right now we need about, we need to know about like five more or so, or whoever's going to be in it. But, uh, but, <clears throat> but, but, uh, talk about who we know. So Mitch, the live action movie, how do you feel about the casting of the live action movie? Do you think they fit the roles? Do you think they got it spot on with the main show? Cause you know, there's been live action movies of TV shows like Fairy Odd Parents, for example. But how do you? What is your overall thoughts on the live action movie and how it's looking so far to be faithful to the show? Well, when we first, um, I don't know when we found out about uh, us getting a live action live house movie. I think like last year, probably. Yes, it was li- so, last year. Oh, okay. And everybody, um, myself included, was like, "Huh." Live action Loud House. How is that going to work? That's a lot of characters that they probably got to focus on. I don't. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work, you know. But then, out of nowhere, really, like I think it was around the same time that we got the title cards, or probably like, no, no, it's not. Uh, about a couple of days ago, like we just got a teaser trailer mm-hmm. for for the for the uh, Loud House Christmas. It was like, oh. This is kind of early. I thought we was kind of thought we was gonna get something like this in like, like at least September or like early October, something like that, you know. But no, we got a teaser trailer for it, and it honestly looks really good. I was first worried about this. I thought if it wasn't gonna be, you know, terrible, it was gonna be average. You know, it was just gonna be hey, we got a Loud House holiday movie to you know, look forward to and watch for the rest of our lives every holiday season on Nickelodeon, you know. So, yeah, but then after this trailer came out and noticed, like, how pretty much looked like they, they really trying to put a lot of effort into this movie, where they did since the movie's already done, I'm I'm very interested. I'm very interest, uh, interested in it. I'm, I'm very interested in it, you know. And I'm happy that... <laughs> I'm happy to, I'd like, I knew that wasn't, uh, if they had to recast some voice actors as, you know, one, as somebody, I'm, I'm, I, I wanted it to be the parents, but they got Brian over, over, you know, instead of Gia Talia as like the mom, which I would have loved, but you know, I'm, hey, you know, it is what it is, but I'm happy they got Brian to pretty much uh, uh, do his role because he's, he's an amazing, he's an amazing actor. I, I, I love I love how expressive he is. So they did a really good job of you know picking him. But uh, yeah, uh, really excited for this when it comes out this holiday season. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of like my opinion on the live action movie was mostly just it's gonna be so bad it's good kind of thing. Like I was like, well, what's happening? And we know from 
you know, in the past with live action, we like the fairy odd parents. It's like, oh, that was kind of okay, you know. We know it's bad, but it's a good kind of thing. But the fact that, you know, again, the people who worked on the main show, like Michael, Michael Rupert is overseeing the live action movie, and some people who worked on the show are aware of it and, and know what's up with the live action movie. They are trying to be as faithful to the show as possible. Like that behind the scenes video they gave us, which was really cool to see some of the behind the scenes stuff and what, like, we don't, really, we don't really know much about the plot of the movie, except that, like, the sisters are going to do their own things and Lincoln needs to bring them together to help, you know, save Christmas or whatever. Like, it sounds like a simple generic loudhouse plot that we've seen before. But, like, the fact that they're going all out with, like, making the characters look like the, 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 the actors look as perfect to their roles as possible. I mean, like, for example, Clyde's, actor looks like he just jumped out of the screen of the of the show same with like Lenny's actor and again like Wad's actor like they all seem to really just want to make this look as if the characters just like jumped out of the screen and are real now which is crazy to me and like what like when they were doing the behind the scenes video like a uh, Lincoln, Lincoln's actor was showing off Lincoln's room which was so accurate to the show it was like oh my gosh they made so much detail of this even having like Lincoln draw a picture of, again, like, um, what is it, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Rip Hardcore? Yeah, Rip Hardcore. I was like, that's, that's like a reference you wouldn't be able to make, like, in a live-action movie you weren't that faithful, but then... He was showing, like, oh, here's something secret. He pulls off the bed and has the chart, which is a reference to Sweet Spot and sees his cheating in the main show. And to me, as a Lincoln fan, that's a deep cut right there. Like, you didn't have to go all out with that little detail. But the fact that you, again, you brought that back from the main show where Lincoln sometimes uses, uses his bed like a chart thingy, that is so cool. And, like, there's some other things in the behind the scenes, like Luna's room, in her mirror, she she wrote I Heart Sam, which, again, is a big reference to know that Sluna is canon in the live-action movie, but it's like, we know that Sluna is, is in the show, so here's, like, a reference to her being with Sam, which is really cool. Or, like, again, like, Lucy's voice actor, not voice actor, Lucy's actor, like, looking the part and stuff, like, they really just want to make this as faithful to the show as possible. Again, the the plot of the movie may not be great. You know, it could be just what we expect from a typical Loud House episode of the show. Because, again, it's a movie, but to but, but mainly it's mostly just, like, a special. It's not really a movie. It's just more like a special little treat to the fans of the show. But they just went all out with the details and everything that they want to make it as faithful as possible. They don't want to go... They don't want to be lazy with this. They actually want to be super faithful to the show and make it as authentic to the show, even if the, the plot of the movie might not be as amazing or groundbreaking or anything. It's just like, we want to make it a faithful adaptation to The Loud House, and that's amazing to me, you know? Like, I, I don't really think, like, to per me personally, I haven't seen the Fairy Odd Parents movies in forever. You may know this answer, Mitch. Like, do the. Like, uh -huh. this, you may know this answer, Mitch, but um, does, like, Timmy grow up? Are they very faithful to the Fairy Odd Parents show, or do you... What do you think? Uh, they, uh, they are, but it's not really good. I would say the first movie is the best movie. The second, the other two, not so much. In terms of, like, being faithful, yes, they actually ended up bringing back uh, both VAs um, who played uh, the mom and dad, 
you know, who, uh, one of them also also plays Cosmo. Um, so, yeah, on that front, and he does go up, you know, that's what they end up making the other two movies for, so, yeah, but other than that, I don't really care uh, about the Fairly Our Parents live-action movies, you know. That's fair, that's fair, but, like, to me, it seems like, you know, they're really trying to just make this as faithful to the main show as possible with so many references to the show that us as fans recognize. I think that's that's pretty amazing. That they want to try to make it as faithful as possible. Even if, again, it's a live-action movie, they could have just went lazy with this. They could not have made it so much detail. And again, like, well, Wayne, for example, she has a live-action Mr. Coconut's puppets, which is, like, the living embodiment of nightmares. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, but, like, yeah, I, I'm... I'm now I'm much more optimistic for this now than I was before. Like, all of us were like, uh, that sounds kind of bad. But after seeing what we've seen so far of it, it's like, huh, you know, maybe this won't be as bad as we think. Sure, it might not be great, but hey, it's like, at least they're trying to be faithful to the show as possible. And maybe it might end up being pretty good. We don't know yet. We don't know what the, we don't really know what the plot is yet or what's going to happen in it. But right now it's looking just to be like a surprising I would just say a surprise, you know, like a surprise they'll be like, huh, that was pretty good actually, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I like, I'm I'm optimistic, I'm very optimistic for this, you know, and now we just now we just gotta wait, wait and see, you know, when the official trailer drops and more behind the scenes stuff comes out about the movie and stuff, you know, it's it's gonna be a treat. And if we actually get and if the movie is actually, like, really good, then that's two good movies we got this year from the Loud House. Yeah, it's just crazy that, again, we have two... Okay, that, we were saying one movie to our name, now we got two movies to our name, both coming out at the exact same year. That's nuts. <laughs> you know? Now we have to be like, okay, when you say Loud House movie, what are you referring to? The anime movie or the live-action movie? Like, the live-action live movie has a title called The Loud House Christmas, but it's easier to to say the live-action movie because that's what it is. But uh, before we go to the next piece of news, I do want to ask you, Mitch, because, again, there are going to be 24 characters in this, in this special, and we do know three cameos, the fan favorites, but who, do you th who, do, who else do you want to want to show up in the live-action movie if you could pick? A cameo or two to have in the live action movie. Who do you think is gonna show up? Who would up? I want to show up? Yeah. Well, I know who's gonna show up. You, uh, uh, your favorite character in the whole show, Flip. He's uh, most yeah. definitely gonna show He's up. He's definitely going to show One up. One way no or way another. Yeah, there's no way he won't. He's gonna show up, so that's one. <laughs> um, but in terms of people who I want to show up, uh, I don't really know. You know, like, I, um, uh, it would be nice if we saw the whole, you know, Lincoln in the game, you know, see, like, Rusty and Zach and Liam and Stella, you know, that'd be nice, you know. That'd be cool. Since it's, like, Christmas, I don't think we're gonna see any, like, school characters outside of them, you know. We won't see Cheryl, we won't see Mrs. Johnson, we won't see, you know, Principal, Principal Huggins, you know. Mr. Um, Bullhoffner. Or Mr. Bullhoffner, oh, right, middle school. Mr. Bullhoffner, you know, we won't see, you know, him either. So, uh, 
But yeah, I would like to see the gang. You know, that'd be that'd be nice to see them, even if it won't be for that long. Like all of them just like doing something, whatever. Like you know, they all try to make a plan, whatever this movie is going to be about, because we don't know the premise of the movie yet. Um, so it'd be nice to see them. But I'm a I'm a uh, boomerang that question right back to you. Who would you like to see make a cameo in the Loud House movie? Again, the obvious choice would probably be like its friends, just because I think that's how you fill up the the next six cameos we need. But uh, obviously, I think I saw in one of the behind the behind the scenes was Mr. Grouse. So obviously, Mr. Grouse will show up because he's he's their neighbor. And obviously, Flip. There's no way they cannot put Flip in this because of course they do that all the time. Um, you know, everybody. I know everybody. I know everybody's screaming in the chat. Because they, because Bobby show up, Roddy it has to show up, right? As much as I was really want a live action Roddy, and there's probably no way she'll ever show up. And if she does, like in the like in the anime movies, we'll discuss with her cameo. It's probably only gonna be three seconds, and then she's just never gonna show up again. Not talk to Lincoln, so I don't want to get my hopes up. But if they do, throw me a bone and actually make live action Roddy and show up. You know, I actually will be really happy because <laughs> hey, Bobby's showing up because again, again, Bobby always shows up because he's she's he's dating Lori, so that's the only possible way he could ever show up in anything with Lori because he's dating Lori. But Roddy Ann is always an afterthought. But hey, if it, if they actually at least just throw me a bone and say, hey, Roddy is in the background somewhere and they acknowledge her, that's cool. At least the anime movie, at least they acknowledged her, and I'll talk about that later. How much I really didn't like seeing her in the movie because hey. I like seeing what she's representing in the main show, but for this, probably not. Because again, th- this movie is not canon to the show. It's it's like its own thing. It's literally it's literally just exists in its own bubble. It's not the anime movie where it is now officially in quotation marks canon to season four and five. It's just its own thing that exists. It doesn't it doesn't affect the show whatsoever. At least not. I mean, it is a lot of action. Yeah, but it's not like where it'll affect anything in the main show. It's just its own thing that exists outside of the show, and we can, if it if it's we can just ignore it. If, if anything happens in the movie, we can just ignore it and, and pretend it doesn't even happen in the main show. You know, so so I, I I believe without a doubt that if Bobby's in it, that means in this thing he didn't he didn't move to Great Lake City. At least I hope they don't really recon that. But in this they can do whatever they want with Bobby, so that's fine. But if it what if they try to at least have Roddy and show up. I will be happy to at least acknowledge her, but so far I've not seen any evidence to Roddy and being the live action, so probably not. But the only other thing I could probably say is Sam, because against Luna with Sam, so maybe Sam might show up, but so far no evidence to that, so we don't know who else will show up. But, 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 the, but the main possibilities are Mr. Grouse and Flip. That's all I can really say right now. But, you know, my wish list is Roddy in, <laughs> if it's possible, but... I don't know. I really have no idea if they can they can pull her in there, but maybe they will. I don't know. We'll see. They said fan favorite, so they gotta know Roddy as a fa- fan favorite. There's no way they don't know that, but we'll see. So yeah, uh, and they also gotta know that Flip is not a fan favorite. But every time when we say that, they keep shoving him down our throats. The reason they say Flip is a fan favorite because they know we hate him, and that's why they call him a fan favorite to say that the fans hate him. Meaning we talk about him so much that he's included as a fan favorite. That's the irony of it. <laughs> but yes, the live action movie, A Loud House Christmas, will be coming out in November. 
Do we have a date yet or no, just November? No, there's no date. I mean, we know it's coming out in November, so I assume that it's probably going to be Thanksgiving weekend because they always, like, drop Christmas movies, like, towards the end of November or early December. And since it's coming out in November, Thanksgiving weekend, like on Black okay. Friday, it, that's going to come out. That seems fair, yeah. I definitely think that maybe they'll have, like, something to lead into the live-action movie. It'll probably be maybe a Loud House special or a Casa Grande special or something. Or two new episodes to lead in, probably. That'll be very nice. It, 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 that'll be very nice, us getting, like, new episodes leading into the movie. That'll be, that'll be nice. Yep. So we just we'll, gotta wait and see. Yep, so like the anime movie, we'll probably get lots of more updates on the live-action movie coming up to November. Alright, so move over, let's move over to the next piece of news, which is the Casagrandes are coming back to Nickelodeon as they're going to air new episodes in September! So, we did have new episodes of Loud House just premiere yesterday, this Friday, as, a, as we're as a recording this, and I'll post this on Sunday. The new episodes of Loud House just aired, we'll talk about those later. But Casagrandes is taking over September as they have to air new episodes because... Yeah, I, I didn't talk about this before. Casagrandes aired a whole bunch of their last season two episodes this season, early in this, not, not this season, early this month, but already. So majority of us have already seen all these episodes, except for one set of episodes. So starting on September 10th, we're going to be having the premieres of Just Be Cool and Teed Off, which again, if you haven't seen those episodes, that's premiering at, Nic at 8 o'clock on Nickelodeon in September, September 10th. And I, again, I didn't get to talk about these episodes, but of course, Teed Off is the episode with Lori in it. I knew that would already happen, and it's already a great episode. And then, um, and then September 24th is the premiere of Spinoff and Two for Consequences, which is Spinoff is a CJ episode, and Two for Consequences, which I didn't get to talk about, is a Carl, Adelaide, and Bobby episode, which is a really good episode, too. Um, but so far, we do not have a slot for the premieres of, uh, of a Strife Coach and Gossip Girl, which, you know... Uh, Strife Coach is a Mrs. Kernicki episode, and Gossip Girl is a Ronnie and the Friends episode, and I hear you all in the audience, if you haven't seen this episode, I won't spoil anything, but it's quite a doozy. <laughs> in a, in, quite a, in doozy. a good way. <laughs> um, but with no spoilers, uh, Mitch, how'd you feel about these Casagrande episodes without spoiling anything? How'd you feel about this set of premieres that we got a while back that, that finished off season two of Casagrande's? Um, well, I would have to say, uh, without spoiling anything, um, all of these set episodes, uh, together are a mixed bag from good to not so good. And fans in the chat that already seen us earlier, we all know what episode that is not so good. Mm. You will hear about it in Sunday's, uh, next podcast. <laughs> And you, you will hear about it, okay? I, I just don't want to talk about it, honestly. We, we, I, we're not going to talk about it in this episode. We, no, we, it's, but I mean, like, the next time. I really, like, if I have to talk about Gossip Girl, I'm just going to be like, skip next. <laughs> like, I really do not want to talk about the episode whatsoever. But I know everybody's itching. If they haven't seen the episode, they'll be like, what it's about now? Like, oh, yeah, I have to talk about it. And I didn't see a listing for Throwing Pains in La La Land, so I don't know when those will premiere. But so far, we don't have Oh, those yeah, listings. those. Yeah. Right. Throwing Pains, again, is a Roddy and Friends episode, this time with Dodgeball, and La La Land is a La La episode, which I don't know why they're not listed on here, but they're not there yet, so 
Maybe maybe October. Yes, it'll come out in October when the yeah. Lawhouse comes back. But a surprise to all of us is that season three of Casa Grande's is coming next month. <laughs> Early! <laughs> so yes, the season 3 premiere of Casa Grande's is going to be September 17th with Betty Like Abuelo and Bunstoppable. Which, you know, to us, it shouldn't be a surprise that season 3 is airing this early since last year they aired season 2 early only because they needed Halloween episodes to premiere with Ghosted. But for some reason, they decided to skip airing Gossip Girl and Strife Coach and Throwing Pains and Blah Blah Land to air season 3 early. But hey, why not? Because we'll get to talk about season 3 early, which is great. So let's talk about these episodes. Uh, Bend It Like Abuelo, Hector finally joins his dream soccer team as their good luck charm. So the first episode of season 3 is going to be a Hector episode. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Mitch, how do you feel about the first episode of season 3 being about Hector? I don't. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's about it. Just I, I don't. You don't care. <laughs> Hector is a character that I don't really care about. He's not bad, but he's not good either. You know. So, okay. Here's the thing about these Casagrande episodes, man. They always put good episodes with uninteresting ones. They did. They do this a lot. Yeah. And I'm talking about a lot. Okay. Like <laughs> stripe coach and gossip girl. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> yes. You know, it's it's they do it a lot, so I'm not really interested in it, but it may seem like a good one, you know, but knowing Casa Grande's history with episodes uh that try to focus on different characters and it all it's always like a sixty forty in my opinion. It is what it is with that episode. Hopefully it's good, but my expectations are pretty low <laughs> in terms of the Hector episode. That's fair, that's fair. I mean, I'm actually pretty happy that Hector gets the first episode of season three because I feel like Hector doesn't get a lot of focus in the show. I feel, I was, I was thinking about it before, like, Carlos is literally the only character that only has one episode to his name. And that's kind of sad. Yeah, and it was literally, technically, the first episode of the entire show. Yeah, and that's kind of sad. Like, I'm fine with Hector, because again, Hector is so limited on his episodes in the show. Like, he's had a few, one or two each season, but, like, Carlos needs something else. <laughs> Come on. But then, of course, we're going to talk about another episode, which we're all very excited about, which which is Bunstoppable. While preparing for the Chinese Cultural Fair, Sid and Adelaide face off against time-hopping bandits. So, I guess they heard us, because... We've all been wanting a Sid and Adelaide episode for a long time because Sid and Adelaide are sisters and we barely get to see them hang out or interact in the spinoff show. The only time they've ever, like, hung out together was in the Casa Grande arc in Room for Improvement and Prankiversary if you really count that towards them. But this is the very first time that Sid and Adelaide have an episode together. So, Mitch, how are you excited about getting a Chang sister episode? Remember when I said about interesting, interesting episodes paired with not interesting episodes? Yeah. This is what I. This is the interesting episode that I was talking about. Yep. Um, yes. Uh, not only did I wanted, I wanted the Sid episode and the Adelaide episode, which last season they gave us two and one with the special, you know, and Adelaide and Carl, you know, they gave us two episodes of those, which I'm happy about. Mm-hmm. But like I, I did, yeah. Right, I mean, Sunday brought up a good point of them not really being like not really being like doing anything together as like sisters. So 
the fact that we getting this at the start of the season is amazing because both of them are like are very interesting together. They are very like interesting characters. You know, besides uh the skater girl herself, um both Adelaide and uh Sid are my favorite characters in the Castle Grandex because I love their characters a lot. You know, every time we see Sid, you know, she's amazing. Every time we see Adelaide, she's twice as amazing, you know. Um, so the fact that they, um, you know, have an episode together, which I assume probably maybe just them not have run in in it, you know, since season two have just been throwing episodes where she's not in a lot, yeah. you know, so that'd be nice. And it's also like the, uh, the, the Chinese festival, right? Yes. Which is nice. I, I, I think that's what they're going to go to because you have... If somehow y'all don't know, Sid and Adelaide are both half Chinese, you know, on their dad's side. So that'd be nice. This is nice, uh, you know, cultural appropriation as well. So, yes, I'm looking forward to this episode in a couple of weeks time. Yeah, because like like you said, Sid and Adelaide are both very interesting characters on their own. But but besides like Sid with Roddy and majority of the time and Adelaide with Carl sometimes, we don't know what their sister dynamic is really like. We see bits and pieces of it, but what uh, what is their sister dynamic like? It seems like they just really don't like to hang out together. So, like, having an episode with each other is something that we, we really wanted to see. And what, what is their sister dynamic like? So this episode where you pair Sid and Adelaide, two very interesting personalities together, how do they work off each other as sisters? Because, yeah, like, in Prankiversity, for example, it was really cool to see them team up against Roddy and Lincoln. And it's like, I would like to see more of Sid and Adelaide together rather than Sid and Roddy in. Because we see them together so much. What, what, is Sid and, what is Sid's relationship with her sister like? So they get, now we're getting that as the first episode of season three. I, I, I feel like they're listening to us. I feel like they know what our feedback is like. And it's like, okay, guys, we know you want more Sid episodes. So we'll pair her with her sister. Cause we know because we, we, we know that you want to see more of her and Adelaide together. And that's perfect. That, that means they, they are hearing what we want for season three. Like, I asked, a, I asked a bunch of people on Twitter what their season three uh, wish list would be like. And I'll, I'll probably discuss that in a further episode. But, yes, definitely more Sid and Adelaide is something that we really, we really have wanted from the show. And it was cool to finally get an episode about Sid in season two and to get more of them in the show. And it's, it's nice to get more episodes just about them rather than more just Sid and Roddy in together. And really, what else do you do with that other than what exactly they do with them majority of the time? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about this. But I am a little concerned because, again, season three, they're starting off with two episodes that don't focus on Roddy and which I'm a little concerned about because with the way season two ended and how they decided to cram two Roddy and Fred, like a bunch of Roddy and Fred, ep Fred episodes at the end of the season because they're making up for the fact that Roddy was very underutilized in season two. I'm a little worried she might be underutilized in season three just because of this. Do you have that same worry or do you think I'm just a little, uh, it's a little too early to worry about that right now, you know? No, I'm honestly worried as well. Like, uh, controversial opinion, you know, I I feel like it was a little, I mean, I will say it's a little too early to, you know, not have Ron and be, like, missing in a lot of episodes, but it's also trying to focus on other characters, like how the Loud House did. But the difference is, is, like, 
you know, the Loud House kind of gave us time with, you know, to give us a whole bunch of, with Lincoln, you know, the first episode that Lincoln wasn't in was in season three, you know. And right now, and it was like literally at the tail end of season one. Yeah. And that's still like my favorite episode where she's not involved, you know. And I, I, I like I said, she's my favorite character. I love her a lot. And I kind of want more episodes, you know, focused on her, you know. And yeah, we have gotten a lot of Run In and Friends episodes uh, to close out season two. Um, but. I would just like like some you know uh, like you know like Sunny. This is probably like at the top of her list. Besides another <laughs> another uh, Ronikin episode <laughs> is uh, Lincoln and I mean not Lincoln, uh, Bobby and Ronikin episode, a brother sister episode. Because yeah. like how Sid and Adelaide, we barely see them do anything. We barely see Sid. We barely see Ronikin and Ronikin and Bobby do anything. Either like the only episode that we kind of got with those two, uh, was was the one about you know them trying to get a mom a vacation. Guilt trip. Guilt trip, yeah. But I want more than that. Give yeah. us like, give us more of those less less episodes about Sergio's fucking bird and freaking Carl episodes. There, uh, I said. Yeah. I'm sorry, Saran, I know you're listening, man, but season two, I, I'm I'm burned out on Carl. I just, I want him to go away for a few episodes. Just give us a break from him, Casagrandes. I get it. He's the Lincoln of the Casagrandes. We know you like him this much, but please just give us a little break from Carl. Just let him rest, okay? He doesn't need to be in every single episode to make an episode funny, okay? Just... You know, my main goal for season three is that we focus back on Roddy and herself, you know, because how season five is doing with Lincoln and how they finally are shifting the focus back to him. That's what season three's goal should be, is to focus back on Roddy and being the main character of the Casagrandes. Season two was way too underutilized for her. I know people will probably argue that, but this, it's like, oh, there were some really good episodes of Roddy in. But for me personally... She was so underutilized in season two, even if she got really good focus episodes. Like, to me, I love Other Mess and some other episodes, but I feel like she was just clumped into the crowd again, like Lincoln was in season four of Loud House. So season three should be all about just bringing Roddy in back into the spotlight. And you can still do episodes focused on other characters, because again, we want to say an Adelaide episode that's perfect, that's on the bucket list, you do that. But do something like Hector an episode or like another Sergio episode or another Carl episode. It's like, we get it. We've had this before. Do something new. Unless you're just going to do the same thing over and over again with these characters. Because Carl literally got the same lesson in, a, in two different episodes back to back. Okay? Just, if you're going to do a Carl episode, do something different this time. You know, I, I like the DJ Carl stuff. That's cool. If you're going to do something different with him, I like that stuff. But if you're going to do the same, like, he learns to be a good kid again episode, he's learned that, like, twice already. So, again, more Roddy and Bobby focused episodes. More Roddy and her cousin episodes. Like, like show episodes of her and her family spending time together, hanging out together, doing stuff like that. that that's what I want. As much as I... I would love to have another Ronnie and a CJ episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, we just had a CJ episode with spoilers spin off, which it's crazy to me that CJ only has two episodes to his name. That's also kind of sad. 
Like, like he has the one with Car- with Carlota, but again, that's a Carlota and CJ episode. By himself, it's R in the Family and spinoff, which is really sad to me, because CJ's a great character, and I and Carl gets so much and CJ gets less. I hope season three is more focused on CJ. We definitely need more CJ for sure. And Carlos just needs more episodes, man. He's just in the background. He only has the one episode to himself, and he needs more. Like, they're, like again, Casagrandes, you are missing out on so many great opportunities because you focused way too much on Carl last season. You have so many characters you can focus on and that you need to continue focusing on. I think it's the best... The best way they could have got, got about it would be like, okay, fans, we hear you, Sid Island episode, first episode of season three. That's perfect. That's what you should be doing. You should be listening to what we want because we know that there are characters that are underutilized in the show that deserve more than what they get in the main show. Or, or the spinoff, I'm sorry, not main show, main show Loud House. But you know what I mean. So I, I, I didn't want to go into a rant about season three, but it's mostly like, okay, I, 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 this, looks pr- this looks promising for the next season. But I'm hoping that the next season at least shifts the focus back to Roddy and as the main character, rather than, you know, pushing her off. And we got, like, two episodes in a row where she's not even in it, which is kind of sad <laughs> in the last season. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens next month. So, let's hopefully these episodes do a good job with the beginning of season three, because I felt like Fails from the Crypt from season two was such a good opener, and then Bad Cluck was just bad cluck. <laughs> It's not a bad episode, but it's like it's it's in its own like universe. Bad cluck. It's just kind of it's just kind of there for me, you know. Yeah, can't wait to see black bad cluck for the next thirty-one days in October. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens with the with the future of season three of Casa Grande's. But yes, Casa Grande's will be returning in, in September with those premieres of episodes that majority of us have already seen. <clears throat> But if you haven't seen them yet, they'll be premiering Friday, September 10th at 8 o'clock. And then same with September 17th, which is the premiere of Season 3. And then September 24th with the CJ and Carl and Adelaide and Bobby episodes. So look forward to lots of Casagrandes in September. <clears throat> so moving on to the next piece of news, which was the, the premieres of the Loud House episodes that premiered last night. Which are Lori Days and Dream of Lily Dream. So before we go into the movie, let's talk about the two episodes that premiered from the Loud House. Because we only had two. So that's easy to talk about. So, Lori Days. Lori makes a surprise visit to the house when she feels like she's missing out on inside jokes. So, yes, we get the, the, the return of Lori in the show, which feels like it hasn't been forever since she was in the movie and in camp, so it doesn't feel like forever. But in the show itself, it's been forever. So, Mitch, um, this episode with Lori's return to the Loud House, how do you feel about Lori returning to the family and spending time with them and trying to reconnect with the family? How do you feel about this episode? Um, this episode was it was really good. Um, in terms of like Lori episodes, uh, this would probably have to be like it's it's up there. It's up there with uh, like um. It's up there with Garage Band with me, like it's all the way up there because how, how this episode it made me it made me feel it made me feel something, you know, like I have you know like fear I have like fear like missing out on stuff when I when I'm gone because I'm separated from my family as well. Like I don't really see what they do until like at like Thanksgiving or Christmas or something like that, you know. 
but we're like Lori, we obviously know that she's been, you know, in a back burner for this season because, you know, she's in college. And this is the second episode that she has behind um, Ghosted. And Ghosted was terrible. We all know Ghosted was terrible. <laughs> uh, not really a good portrayal of, like, you know, Lori. So I'm glad that this episode uh, pretty much just shined all the way through in terms of uh, how amazing she is as a character. And, like, I um I initially thought it was going to be, like, um you know, just them using, like, continuity of, of, like, stuff that happened while she wasn't there. But, you know, they didn't. Uh, and she wanted to visit them, so she did, unannounced, you know, because she wanted to surprise them. But... You know, the first person that noticed that was Lincoln, you know, and that was real nice. But then Lindsay, obviously, because Lindsay misses his lord more than anything. You know, this is this kind of been this thing ever since uh, can't hardly wait in season four, you know, seeing her leave and stuff. Um, but I really I, like like I said, I really enjoyed this episode and just how like Lori really wanted to, you know, just try to see what everybody was doing. Because she missed them. And like how they said all the way back in school, you know, how said she's going to visit on the weekend. Yeah. It don't seem like it the way <laughs> that she's, like, missed, that she feel like she's been missing out on stuff. feel like that this was, like, during, like, fucking um, finals or something where she couldn't visit them on the weekends. And all she had to do was, like, study and practice for golf. It felt like she hasn't seen them in like a month or two months, and she missed them a lot. So, um, we got some shenanigans. Like we got uh, everybody said they had plans, you know. So we went. We pretty much seen what almost everybody was doing. Uh, we uh, started off with Sam and Luna. You know that more more Luna, yes please, where they was holding hands. And they was watching the movie, and Lori, you know, was just trying to ask with how she's been in school in the band, which obviously is like, for one, you sh- you you should be talking in the movie, which I'm surprised she didn't know when, you know, in senior moment she was watching the movie with her friends, you know. Or you know, her uh, boyfriend, so, by the way, <laughs> she should know relationship adequate. Yeah, you, yeah, you should know. Like, don't don't mess, don't bother them while they're on a date. But like, don't do that. Uh, and then we saw the other relationship. Um, uh, Luann and Benny doing mind practice, and she wants to ask how she's been doing. It didn't go too well. Uh, then we saw Lucy doing the um funeral of of a fish, old fish. She was trying to act. You know, it was pretty much like a rule of threes type thing. Um, and then we got continuity from, uh, continuity from Game Off with Lincoln and, uh, Lincoln and Lana playing the game. They was in a game tournament. I don't know if the game was the same game that they played in Game Off, but it looked very similar to it, which was nice. Um, so she, 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 um, you know, started feeling a little upset that, you know, this whole plan fell through in the... The new uh, character, the new one-off character was like, well, <laughs> there's still another day. There's, there's Sunday. You know, try to make plans with them today. And she did. 
So they uh went to they went to um where did they go first? Oh, they you know they went to go do golf and uh she was trying to teach them how to play and some jerks tried to tell them to hurry up and Lynn being, you know, big sister mode, which more of that please and less of her being obnoxious. <laughs> um uh saying like, Hey, my sister's, you know, playing. Y'all gonna have to wait or you have to deal with me. And she pretty much tied the freaking golf club in a knot, which I yeah, you're not supposed to do that to the uh, the people equipment. And they got the boot. Oh and Luann made a pun. You know, cool, I guess, but no, Luann, no more puns. Uh, then they went to Dairyland. Uh, same situation happened. They got the boot. And then uh, when in Vanzilla, they had a food fight. After, they literally just wasted all the food they bought, which, no, I'm not going to waste. And I'm not, you know, forget a food fight. I'm going to eat my food. Y'all have fun wasting y'all food. <laughs> uh, then they went backwards. Uh got stuck in the puddle, and, you know, Lori got sad. After they had a mud fight, you know, <laughs> um, and, you know, it was uh, sweet, wholesome in there, man. Like, I was really expecting it to be a joke because Loud House is notorious for having joke endings, and I really don't like joke endings, especially with, like, important episodes like these, so... I'm glad they didn't do that. They also didn't do it for Dreamer Lily Dream, which we'll be getting into uh, a little bit later. Uh, well, I feel so, like the ending for this one was a little bit of a joke. It's like, ha ha, what are we laughing about? Ha ha, you know, yeah, that's a joke. No, it was, it was like, it was kind of like wholesome, but it was, yeah, kind of. Dreamer Lily Dream, though, it was that was football. definitely played straight, which was amazing, by the way. We'll talk about it later, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... This episode was all around just it was really good. It was it was a really good episode, man. Like easily like in terms of like episodes, it's definitely like my third favorite out of the out of the whole season because not gonna lie, season five has kind of been hitting us with a with a bunch of duds after camp. Yeah. You know? So like well, I like that reputation in, in America time, you know, but this episode was just all around just, like, great, you know. So, yeah, I really like, I really enjoy Lori Day's best Lori episode. I'm glad that she finally got some recognition after being on the sideline this season. Yeah, I mean, as I said before, like, obviously spoilers for Teed Off, with it being a Lori episode in the Casa Grandes, getting Teed Off and Lori Day's back-to-back Feels like they finally know what they need what they need to do with Lori's fairway arc. Because after Ghosted being like to me it felt like an obligation they needed they needed to do with Nickelodeon be like, We need a Halloween special. Oh, we wanted to do a Lori episode. Oh, okay, you could do go you could do a Halloween episode, but you have to have like you could do a Lori episode but it has to be Halloween themed. Alright, we'll do that. It was kinda lame. This is what you should have been doing from the start with Lori's whole fairway arc. The idea of her feeling like that she's missing out on important stuff to do with her family and she misses her family at school and she goes to visit them. That's what you should be doing right at the beginning of the start of season five. Not wasted time 
with the the stupid ghosted episode. I'm sorry. Like I still I know I dug on ghosted. We all agree ghosted is such a wasted potential of what used to be with Lori's fairy arc. And then like the Casa Grandes, they had Lori return and teed off and what and again no spoilers, but what they do with her in that episode is really great too. And that's what you should be doing with Lori from the start with her whole fairy arc is making sure that you're treating it as it is important to the show with the fact that she's not around anymore and it's significant to the fact that, that now that she's not around as much, it affects the family in a certain way. And I know they've, they've mentioned in the past that Lori does visit on weekends, but it seems like to me with this episode, she doesn't visit as often as we thought she would. Like, I remember in Ghost, well, not Ghost, I remember in Cursed, she says, oh, I'm home for the weekend, you can come visit me and stuff. But it seems like in the main show, it seems like it's been weeks, even months since she's visited from Fairway. So it seems like forever since she's seen her family to this time to where the way they acted towards her being like, oh, hey, Lori, you're here. Oh, well, we can't really hang out because we got other stuff to do. And then, like, when Lily's like, oh, hi, I'm Lily. And seemed like that she forgot Lori. Like, that would scare me, too. If my family was just like, oh, I need to do go do other things. I can't really spend time with you and stuff. But it was very relatable to me that Lori... Again, she felt like that she's been missing out on things because she only can video chat with her her family and she misses out on inside jokes or important aspects and things that happen in her family. So she wanted to go visit them for the first time in what seems like forever. So like her trying to like, you know, bust into other people's stuff like the Saluna date was really cute and the Lanny date, of course, seeing our... Our two, our, our two can ships at Art Lobby is really cute to see them, as always. And, of course, continuity from Game Off, where Lana and Lincoln were playing the tr Total Trash Takeover game together, which was really cool. Like, I love seeing them doing little callbacks from different seasons where it's like, oh, Lana and Lincoln are playing the game together from Game Off. That's really cool. And they're like, oh, we should have just hung out with Lori or something. And then, of course, Lori desperately trying to, you know, spend time with her family by, by going to Dairyland and going and playing mini golf. And, oh my gosh, that scene with, with, with Lynn standing up to those guys at mini golf, that was, like, so great. Well, I love Lynn. She's awesome. And then, like, a bourbon burger. But then, like, the, the ending scene where Lori realizes that maybe she's not a part of this family anymore and her family reassuring her, as we'll talk about with the Loud House movie, this episode seemed like the perfect episode to air after the Loud House movie. Because how Lori felt in this episode was exactly how Lincoln felt in the movie. With, well, in a, in a different sense. With Lincoln feeling overshadowed by his sisters and not feeling like he has a place in the family. And at the end, the sisters reassuring her that he has a, a role with the play in this family. It's the same thing with Lori here. Where they reassured her that even though you're not always going to be with us all the time, that doesn't mean you still aren't part of this family. You're always going to have a place in this family. So it really felt like this was the perfect episode to air after the movie had touched upon the same thing that, that Lincoln was feeling in the movie, whereas Lori felt the same way here. That even though certain things might happen, that doesn't mean you won't still be part of the family. You know, because that really related to me in a certain way. Because, like, I still live at home. But my sister lives all the way out in Washington State with her hu her husband and, and my and my niece. And even though my sister hasn't been here for years, she's still my sister. She's still a part of my family. And when she and her husband came, my brother-in-law came to visit, it was kind of crazy to feel like 
oh my gosh, my my sister's back home where I used to see her, and now she's back again, and, that's, and it feels weird that she's around, but that doesn't mean she's not my sister anymore. She's still a part of my family. It's just now I have extended family with my brother-in-law, her husband, and her niece, which is, or not her niece, my niece, which is her daughter, which is crazy. It's, like, I still can't believe I have to mother those, those words out of my mouth that I have a brother-in-law and a niece, but, you know, I do. So it's just crazy, but, like, you know what I mean. So I had, I, I had definitely really related to Lori's situation, but when, when Lincoln was the one, first of all, Lincoln was the first one to recognize Lori at the door, like, to notice her. He's like, oh, hey, Lori, where did you get here? It's like, but like the fact that Lincoln was the first one to notice her and then Lynn Senior, that just shows that they're showing that Lincoln and Lynn Senior have the closest bond to Lori. They're the first two people to notice her at the door compared to everybody else. Like, like that. And then, like, at the end, Lincoln is the one to tell her, you may not be always with us, but you're still part of this family. Because to me, it seems like that they're emphasizing how close Lincoln and Lori are as a sibling parent. I've always said this. Because Lincoln and Lori are my favorite sibling pairing for that reason. So the fact that Lincoln's the one just reassuring her and, all, and the one that first noticed her is like, that's super important to me and I love that. And I just, I just, I just really love Lori this episode. I love when she like thinks that Lincoln and Lana are talking about school and she sits down and is like, oh... Your school's bad for you guys? You want to talk about it? Like, that was so cute and made me cry. That Lori just cares so much about her siblings. That even though she was being a little obnoxious, she just wanted to be a uh, still be in a part, uh, still wanted to be a part of their lives and still wanted to hang out with them and still wanted to be around them. And it really felt like that they kind of, I don't want to say apologized to me about Ghosted the way that Lori treated Lincoln in that episode. I hate, I still hate to this day. The fact that they really just made Lori the sweetest in this episode really just wanted to be around her family and just wanted to spend time with them was the best way they could have gone about Lori in season five. And it's what they should have been doing from the start. And with this episode, again, teed off, like, again, no spoilers. If this is how they're going to treat Lori and the fairway arc like this, I have so much faith in what they'll do with her in the future. If, they're, if this is how it's going to be and how they're going to treat her in the show again. Because after they just didn't know what the heck to do with her after they sent, them off, sent her off the fairway. If this is how you're going to do Lori now, that this is how you should go about it. And I'm very excited to see what else they do with her. So, yes, it was definitely worth the hype. And it was definitely even better than what we were, what we were expecting. And I absolutely loved it. But it just felt like it just hit harder now after the movie. Did, did the exact same thing. That, that that Lori felt the same way about being left out of the family. It hits harder now after the movie. So, yeah, I, de I loved Lori Days. It was great. Do you, do you Okay, uh, Mitch, do you have any final thoughts on Lori Days? Uh, no. I pretty much said everything that I needed to say. I really enjoyed the, I really enjoyed the episode. Pretty much. I really, I really, um... I guess it's like an. Uh, I'll, I'll take it as like an apology to school. Honest with you. To school, really? You're I mean, not to school. school? To ghosted. Ghost. I am sorry. <laughs> I mean, I guess an apology to school since Lori has the weakest plot in school too. So yeah, I definitely say that as well. <laughs> I know what you mean. I just want to make a joke. Anyway, let's move on then. Let's move on to uh, Dream a Lily Dream. Lisa discovers the only way to stop Lily's nightmare is to go inside her dreams and fight them herself. So, Mitch, uh, this episode is a Lisa and Lily episode, and to me, it was a very surprising one. You know, I wasn't really expecting a lot for this episode, but it turned out to be better than what I expected. How do you feel about it? Um, this is another one that I was uh, excited about, and just like Lily days, it most 
definitely delivered. I um, what's what's interesting about this is that like, I really didn't have nothing to expect from this, but after the end result, it was honestly yeah, one of the best episodes that we got this season as well. Like it's easily up there in my top five because we okay so like. Yeah, it kicked off with, you know, Lily crying because she's having constant nightmares. And Lisa finds out what it's about. Well, she doesn't find out what it's about. Lily tries to tell them. And, I mean, <laughs> I figured it out. Right after that, it was like a monster. It was like trash monster. Uh, so, yeah, it was trashy from a callback all the way to season one. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. And, like, Squid tentacles like tentacles like i guess another monster so lisa um try to you know she figured both of them out and she had the realization that lisa's the cause of her nightmares and she felt bad about that which caught me off guard because if you really think about it yeah lily is like in a room with this four-year-old scientist that does a lot of experiments on stuff I'm surprised. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it kind of make a whole lot of sense that yeah, she will be having probably nightmares about all the stuff that Lisa does in that room. That honestly, that honestly, like that that surprised me a lot because it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's crazy. So we uh, they ended up uh, pairing up a whole bunch of characters to go in uh, Lily's uh, head. Um, Lincoln obviously, uh, Lynn. Uh, Lola and your favorite, uh, my my girl, yes. Well, uh, which is <laughs> because she speaks poopoo. I okay, I love the way that she said it. Man. That was part. That was so. That was so cute. That that back and forth were <laughs> literally like for uh, and, uh, I uh, I love Lena so much. Anyway, um, so they go in their head and. They proceed to defeat the monsters, um, where Lola ends up defeating the trash monsters. And Lincoln basically is, has no other choice but to defeat the tentacle monster because <laughs> Lola just freaking, you got this, being supportive, but also is like, uh, no, you're doing this. <laughs> pushes them in. It's like, yeah, thanks for that passive aggressiveness, Lola. Never change. <laughs> um, but Lily is still scared. You know, she's scared. And who, 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 uh, we find out who it is, and it's no other than our favorite, favorite convenience store owner, Mister Flip. Our, 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 now, fa our favorite, our favorite living hell, our, our favorite living nightmare that we all see in our nightmares is Flip. It's yep, like the crew knew but, know or something. <laughs> yep, but how did Lily end up getting a new nightmare about Flip? Well, that was also because of Lisa, too. She ended up telling um, <laughs> about, like, uh, uh, another experiment that she had. She didn't necessarily... Well, no, she actually did say it. Um, like, the flip experiment. And it was actually another continuity callback to uh, Blinded by Science mm -hmm. with the double butt cracks. Which is like, yeah, that's a good continuity. But thanks for reminding me that I don't like that episode. Because I don't like Flip. Okay, I need to stop real quick. I didn't realize that was the reason she had a nightmare about Flip. 
I just thought the nightmare about Flip was just a nightmare about Flip. I didn't realize she got it because Lisa mentioned the Blinded by... I was going to mention the Blinded by Science reference. I didn't realize her mentioning it was the cause of getting a nightmare about Flip. That's a good way... That's a good yeah, foreshadowing. No. Yeah, 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 no. Like, that, I instantly thought, because it would have been out of nowhere, like, why Flip? But, yeah, no. I instantly knew it was Flip because Lisa told her. Lisa told, Lisa told her the nightmare. Well, she didn't tell her mama. She told her about the experiment, and that's what caused Lisa to—I mean, Lisa to get this new nightmare. So yeah, that is good foreshadowing. Um, so everybody tries to stop him. Um, they all fail, and everybody. Um, Lisa tells everybody to go back, but she stays because she says that I already um hurt another sister. I don't want to put uh put in danger any other ones. Which, you know, is very nice of her to do, you know, to try to save Lily. So, she fails. Obviously, she gets captured. She was about to get freaking ate up by Flip, which will be all of our worst nightmares, honestly. <laughs> um, and Lily ended up facing her fear. She, she faced her nightmare by using that uh, Colin Mario. I'll just say Colin Mario. Um... That was uh, that she had that she took with her um, earlier in the episode, and she turned it into a sword. She said, "Hey, Flip, leave my sister alone." I think that's what she said. Um, so she saves him by chopping him in half, and he explodes. And then a whole bunch of calamari fall on the floor, and Lisa. Uh, Gives Lily a kiss on the cheek and stuff. And it's honestly like one of the most wholesome scenes that we got this season. Like, everybody's asleep. Lily wakes up. She sees Lisa. She crawls next to Lisa. Lisa wakes up. And Lily says, I had a dream about you. And Lisa says, tell me everything. And they both just that, yeah, like, they played that whole thing straight. That, that was just, that was amazing, man. That that was just amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Another banger episode. It sucks that these two episodes are not paired up with each other. Because yeah. they're not. Yeah. They're no, both paired up with the Loon episodes that we got last month. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like yeah. The Lily yes. one was, was amazing. Like, the fact that the, the the ending is what made it so special is that they, they, they played it completely straight. There was no joke, which is very rare for the Loud House. Like, they, they, do, they do heartwarming moments here and there. Like, again, one of my favorite endings of all time is back out there where they play it so straight with Lincoln realizing he misses Roddy and no joke, it's just perfectly straight. Or again, the head poet's anxiety ending where Lance smiles at, at Lucy's poem. Again, perfectly straight. But the Loud House is known to do heartwarming moments and then do a joke at the end because, again, that's just how the Loud House rolls. But the way that they just did this so straight with, like, Lily had a good dream about you was so sweet. And Lisa's like, oh, tell me all about it. That's adorable. Like, I love that, like, Lisa was the one to stay behind and sacrifice herself to help Lily out. It's like, I'm going to do this for Lily. Like, that's so sweet. And she apologizes to Lily. And then Lily is the one to stand up to flip for Lisa. And then she's like, uh, then she tells uh, Lisa, like, Lily, not afraid anymore. And then Lisa giving a kiss to Lily was so wholesome. 
super duper wholesome. Like I, I, like I love when they do a little wholesome stuff like that. Like this season, we had she's all bat with the Lucy and Lola hug with the heart was really cute. Like I love when they do little family moments like that. And again, to me, this was the, the surprise hit. Like we knew Lori days would hit us in the feels just because Lori's coming back to the show, and it's like we've missed you, Lori. It was gonna hit. But I didn't realize how wholesome Dream of Lily Dream was going to be until that ended with Lisa and Lily. Like, to me, Lisa's been the surprise MVP of the season. Like, why did my She has. She's been in a lot of episodes. Yeah, like, why did my science may not be the best episode, but I do have a friend who likes that episode, thinks it's good. And I think Lisa's the best part. Not Flip, but Lisa's the best part. And then, of course, Friday Night Fights was such a good surprise episode. I, I knew it was going to be a good episode of Lisa and Lynn, but it was still very good. And the season's all about... Uh, and us, you know, School Shock was very good, too. Yeah, I was it's, about to say, you forgetting about School of Shock. Yeah, I mean, it's very forgettable to me. It's mostly just what I expect from Lisa to be, like, Lisa. <laughs> you know, like, she's very, uh, just herself in that episode. I like these episodes where they challenge Lisa. You know, like, again, like, uh, Blinded by Science may be not the best episode ever, but it challenges Lisa in the way where she has to choose between, like, working for the scientist lady and helping Flipper, like, not abusing Flipper, whatever, or Friday Night Fights where she's working with Lynn and helping out the football team. It's a very, it's a challenge for her and realizing she kind of let Lynn down. Like, this, that episode and this episode has really shown that Lisa really does care about her siblings and shows that if she disappoints one of her siblings, that's gonna rub off on her. Like, she'll feel so disappointed if she lets one of her siblings down. Like, in Friday Night Fights, she kind of she kind of started getting drunk, quote-unquote, because she was so disappointed in herself for letting Lynn down and disappointing her and making her mad at her. And this episode, she sacrificed herself because she's like, if I don't help Lily, I'm going to let her down. And that's really something very interesting they're doing with Lisa's character this season. Like, Lisa has never really been one of my favorite si sisters, mainly because I never really, under I never really, like, cared about her. Like, she was just kind of there for me. But see what they're doing with her with in season five, how, how they're actually kind of fleshing her out and making very complex episodes for her and challenging herself as a character is very interesting to me. Like, I feel like she's very much the MVP of the season, the very underrated MVP of the season. And I think it's given me a better appreciation for, for Lisa as a character. I kind of want to see what else they do with her later on, and this is this is how they're going to roll with her, because her episodes this season have been pretty good. You know, again, like, Blind by Science, eh, uh, School of Shock is pretty okay, but Friday Night Fights and Dream a Little Dream are really just great Lisa episodes for herself. And I'm very interested to see what else they could do with her, that way I can actually have a better appreciation for Lisa as a character. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, I like I I like how um they <clears throat> I like how what they've been doing with Lisa this uh, this season. They honestly just like progressing, making her a better character. You know, with Friday Night Fights and uh, Dream a Little Dream being examples of her, like you know, having a heart. You know, which is is really sweet. It's really sweet. I hope they do more of that in season six. Yeah. And I really, I love the focus on Lily lately, because again, like with the movie and how Lily is the MVP of the movie, the second in command of the movie, 
seeing that I'm still not used to Lily talking so much. Like hearing her say actual sentences and be like, Lily, not afraid anymore. It's like, I'm so, I'm just not used to this very expressive, hyperactive, talkative Lily yet. Like it seems so just not in my, my comfort zone right now to be like, well, Lily can talk, she can walk, and she can say full sentences. Like, I should be used to this now, but because, because the movie happened and she's still in her diaper and she's still not really saying full sentences in the movie, like she said, like, man with the plan and ta-da and stuff, or, or Lincoln, she's not really saying full sentences. Here she's, like, doing full sentences, so I'm like, I'm not used to that yet. But it's so cool that Lily is getting more to do as well. And I really hope they actually do an episode of Lily in preschool. Because so far, we haven't seen her in preschool. She's supposed to be starting preschool. We haven't seen her in preschool yet. So I don't know why they haven't done a Lily preschool episode yet. But hopefully they do before season 5 ends. Because right now, we only have, like, what? Five episodes left of season 5? As of right now? Yeah, I think so. We don't really, yeah. We don't know nothing about... We don't even know how what's going to be the finale. We don't know how season 5 ends. Yeah, because right now, uh, these two episodes are episodes uh, 20, like, we're up to episode 21, but we're missing episode 20, which is episode 20A and 20B. So right now, we still have episode 20, episode 22, 23, 24, and 25 that we're missing, because of school being two episodes, we only have 25 episodes this season that we're missing. So, and again, we don't know we're going to get another special, we have no idea, because right now we have ghosted and camped. But we don't know if we're going to have another special to end the season or what other episodes might come. So, But we'll, we'll, we'll probably find out soon enough because, I guess, September, we're getting Casa Grandes. And they'll obviously have to air something in October for Loud House. I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, another Halloween-esque episode or just they throw something in there to be like, it's Halloween, I guess. Maybe a Lucy episode we might get. Who knows? Because Lucy only had the one episode and my fr I feel bad for my friend who's a Lucy fan and... She only got that one episode of Lola, and I think Lucy needs a better episode by herself. She's like Carlos, where I feel bad that Carlos doesn't get a lot of episodes of Casagrandes, but yeah. But yeah, but, but, but getting back from the movie to get these two episodes was definitely worth it. I was a little worried that I'd be on a little bit too much of burnout from Loud House after the movie, because like, I'm not really sure we should get episodes after the movie is such a huge thing we need to talk about. But hey, at least we got them, and they're both amazing episodes, so I'm glad that they picked these episodes to air after the movie was such a big hype for our fandom. So they were definitely bangers and definitely worth it, I would say. Would you agree? I would. De I definitely agree. Honestly, these, like, after the movie, getting these two episodes and how amazing both of them are, I'm perfectly fine after, uh, going on hiatus until October, you know? Yeah. Perfectly fine with it. I mean, you know, they could at least try to air a lot as episodes of September, but... Looking at the calendar, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm just looking at the calendar right now. It's probably not happening. So, yeah. So, you know, going on highest to October is definitely worth it. You know, with Casa Grandes, I just have to worry about September 17th, which is new episodes anyway. But so we need a break because the movie is still in our fresh in our minds. But speaking of the movie, why don't we jump to the Loud House movie? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah, we most it. definitely should since yeah. we've been discussing the other stuff for a while. Yeah, so let's jump right into the Loud House movie. So, I actually wanted to break down a few things that we discussed the movie. I did. I kind of wanted to do a play-by-play, -play, but I've had my friends do the same thing. I wanted to try something different with the Loud House movie and see if it works or not, because I already didn't know what to do about the Loud House movie, how to discuss it, but because there's just so much to talk about. 
But yeah, I feel like doing a play-by-play, we'll probably be there for like two hours if we yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, so let's 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 do it from the beginning. All right, so um, I'm gonna save this. That I'm gonna save overall thoughts for the end. So uh, let's start with uh, let's start with discussing the main focus of the movie, which is Lincoln Loud himself. So Mitch, how did you feel about the movie being focused on the man with the plan himself, Lincoln Loud? What what is your overall thoughts on Lincoln as the main character of the movie and his struggle, his arc, his character arc of feeling left out of the family and trying and going to Scotland and wanting to be the Duke only because he wanted to be in the spotlight and his, his overall journey as a character? How do you feel about him being the main focus of the movie instead of it just being just another typical Loud House family movie adventure kind of thing, you know? Well, I feel like if it if it was a loud house, uh, just about the family, it wouldn't be bad. Honestly, I would have enjoyed it, depending on how how they would have done it. Um, but this being about um, like Lincoln, you know, I mean, at uh, at first when the premise uh, came out, the synopsis came out, I guess, and we found that it's like Lincoln's story. I really wasn't like annoyed with it per se. You know, I was. Kind of, you're like, okay, I'm interested to see what they'll do. Um, and now that, you know, it's out, I feel like it was, it was great. It was honestly great. It was, it felt more like, you know, season one, season two as about, um, his story. As you know, since, uh, like, you know, season four hasn't really been, you know, he only got like two episodes and he hasn't been in a lot of episodes that season. Well, same for season five as well, but, you know, season five, he's been, you know, getting a lot more focus. Uh, I feel like it was well needed, you know. I feel like it was well needed. And if this would have actually came out last year, August 20th of last year, this would have been perfect, uh, honestly, uh, before we got um, school on, uh, in September. Because it, it honestly makes a lot of sense. You know, like, how season four ended, you know, then we get this as, like, a middle point uh, with him in that story. And then we get Scoot, which is mainly, you know, about him, <laughs> you know, so it's just, it, it'll be it'll be perfect, you know, like, yeah. So, I overall in, enjoyed it being main, uh, about the man with the plan, because, you know, he is the main character of the show, so. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, um, obviously, everybody's probably gonna say Sonny's gonna say the exact thing that yes, it was perfect to make it about Lincoln. I mean, uh, first of all, I do want to say that if the movie was just about the family, you know, like it was just another Loud House family adventure kind of thing, you know, I wouldn't say I, I don't want to say it would be bad, but to me personally, it would just be another episode of the TV show, you know, because like this season we got camped. Which to me, camped is like just the prelude to the Loud House movie. It's basically to me, if the movie was never made, we just do camped, and that's what the Loud House movie could feel like. Whereas having it be a character-driven um, movie where it's about Lincoln, who is the main protagonist of the show, and obviously he is the heart of the show. He is the main focus of the show. It's been about him. Yes, majority of the seasons now have been about like what I've said before is that. Season 1 and 2, and mainly 3, is about what is it like surviving in a house full of 10 sisters, and now the focus of the show is what it's like living in a house full of 10 sisters. So, when hearing about who, the director of the movie talk about this movie and what 
their reason was for the focus on Lincoln was they recognized that Lincoln just wasn't getting the focus that he was getting during the last few seasons, like again, season four, where you only got two episodes to his name. So the fact that they recognized that and said, we need to shift the focus to Lincoln because no matter what happens in the family, it will always be back to Lincoln. And I think that's super important to the overall theme of the show, especially again, like season one, the golden era of, of the Loud House, is that the Loud House was always focused on Lincoln because it's all about him and how he would survive in the house full of this crazy chaotic family. But in the end, he'd be, he was the glue that held the family together. And that's what the main theme of this movie is, is that Lincoln is trying to figure out what his purpose in the family is like. What, why is he, what is his, role in the family like he feels overshadowed by his sisters because again like his his sisters they all have their one distinct personalities that we all think of whenever we think of the sisters like of and what their what their main interests are like Lola princess stuff and pageants and and uh and uh, lucy with golf stuff and lynn with sports and what do you think of lincoln like in the movie when clyde mentions all of lincoln's interests he's like you have a savvy you're a great magician you you can sing you have all these interests and lincoln's like well lots of people can do those things but it, the thing is he doesn't have that one thing that makes him stand out and that's to me what makes Lincoln again such a great protagonist is that he has so many interests but it doesn't mean he's stand he, he's inside of the family which to me always felt like when they tried to just make Lincoln a member of the family that didn't make him important to the show anymore that just made him another family member to the Lao family which I'm not saying that's a bad thing but knowing that the movie was focused on him being the main character and being like, I I just want to stand out. I just want to feel like I'm an equal to my family, that I have something that makes me special. I know it's going to be hard to say, not to say special throughout this conversation when talking about the movie. But the overall theme of the movie is why is Lincoln so special? What makes him special and what makes him stand out from his family? And what 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 is his role in the family? But we, we realize in the end that he, he is the glue that holds the family together. Without him, this whole family would fall apart. Because like, like in the beginning... Lincoln is the one who is in control of the situation. He is getting his sisters and his family out the door. He's helping them go to their things. He's holding on to their trophies. He's being supportive of his family. He's doing all that he can to, to, to support the family. But he just wants some recognition. He just wants to be... He just wants some validation. And that's totally understandable for how much he gives to the family. But he's not getting anything back. And that's very relatable to, to many people. Is that we give so much... But if we don't get anything back, do we feel like we have a purpose or a meaning in our family if we're doing so much for our family and we're not getting that appreciation or that or that attention from our family? Like, Lindsay and Rita do recognize that Lincoln is the one that's holding this all together, but when he sees that his sisters are getting all this recognition from everybody else, he feels like just a little recognition is not enough. He needs to be reassured from so many people that he does have a purpose in life and knowing that again that it was focused on Lincoln and this this character journey his struggles of just having just 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 wanting to be noticed and be in the spotlight is something that I think is really special to me personally and to the overall theme of the show itself that everything comes back to Lincoln because he is the heart of the show and making it about him is so much more impactful than it just being another Loud House family adventure and that's about it so yeah I can't argue with that on that sonny can't don't really have anything to add on to it either 
All right, that's okay. Yeah, but I, I <laughs> it's gonna be hard for me not to talk about Lincoln so much because he's my favorite character. So and it's about him. So it's really hard not to be go to a full rant. Um. But yes, let's move on to this next discussion, which is uh, Lily being the second in command or the MVP of the movie. So like Lincoln is the main focus of the movie, Lily does play a secondary role in this movie with Lincoln. So how did you feel about Lily kind of being teamed up with Lincoln and being a part of his arc in the movie? Uh, it was a good surprise, honestly. Like, I mean, it was a callback to changing a baby. You know, but it was different in terms of, like, him trying to mold uh, her to be like him. Pre or more so just, like, him, you know, just telling about what the family is and what the, you know. So when you get older, you'll know how to, you know, dodge all this stuff, you know, like he did over the past 12 years of his life. Um, Which was cute, which was very cute. I, I love how, I love the team up that they had. Um, and, uh, at the end of the movie, you know, during the climax of it, Lily came in for a clutch, which was also a surprise because during that time she really wasn't like with him, you know, so her being the one to like, you know, help, help him, uh, succeed and not get killed from Morag, you know, uh, that was also great, so... Yeah, like it was it was a surprise, but it wasn't a bad surprise. I really I really enjoyed it. I really did. Like him uh also uh like just I like the whole like slideshow that he was having, like him doing this whole plan with her and she her catching on uh was also great. Like when they was he uh they was trying to get out of burritos, he thought and she she had one. You know, she had a burrito toe, as she liked to say, burrito uh, for him. You know, so that was that was a uh, that was that was great. I really enjoyed this little team up that they had. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think the best person to team up with Lincoln was Lily, because I remember uh, the director talking about how the original. Uh, version of the movie was going to have Lily have her own side plot just by herself. And I feel like just having that would have kind of just like shifted the focus way too much on having a side story with Lily and not being with the whole family. So teaming her up with, with Lincoln like being a callback to changing the baby was the perfect way to go about it mainly because like Lincoln Lily doesn't really have a purpose either right now since she's just a baby. Like I know they've hinted her being an artist in, in the in the past with, uh, with the seasons of her kind of being in to art but because she's just a baby right now like Lincoln she understands that Lincoln doesn't really have a main interest compared to his sisters like 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 they do so Lily's kind of still in the middle of all of this where she doesn't really stand out either so teaming her up with Lincoln was the best option their little you know their dynamic and their little friendship was so cute to see that Lily has this strong bond with Lincoln and was in on the plan with him man with the plan <laughs> and even at the end or like helping Lincoln with his magic tricks and, and again at the end using the magic trick against Morag and and helping him out at the end and, and their bond is so strong I think again having Lily be the second their uh, main character to link it was the best option maybe because they have a lot of stuff in common because again like Lily beat a baby again she uh, she really doesn't have that 
that main interest like like Lincoln, where he doesn't have a main interest either. And he wasn't trying to mold her into himself like a change the baby situation. He was just being a, a good big brother in the beginning, being like, you know, one day you're going to have to, you know, handle all your sisters in a situation like me. So I'm going to teach you how to survive in this big family because I've had so much experience. So I love that Lincoln's kind of like a mentor to Lily. I think that's really cute. I'd like to see maybe they explore that more in the main show. If again this this movie takes place between season four and five, so to me that that's such a great way to have Lincoln be kind of a mentor figure to one of his little sisters, and Lily being the the being the one was the best option. Yeah, yeah, honestly, um, honestly makes me think like they should do more stuff like this in the future. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next thing, which is uh, the other family members. They got they get little side stuff. So, uh, for example, uh, I know, of course, Lenny's your favorite character, so she gets a little side plot. My number one. Your number one, yes. And uh, with uh, Scott from Scotland. <laughs> uh, Lucy with Lucille. And Lynn and Lana discovering the dragon, uh, Leela. So, what do you think about some of these little side stuff with the sisters? Like, do they work for you in any sort of way? Especially, like, Letty with her crush, Lucy with Lucille, and Lana and Lynn discovering the dragon. How do you feel about some of the stuff they gave to the sisters? While small, it was still some stuff in the movie to, you know, have at least do stuff in the movie. So, how'd you feel about some of that stuff with the sisters? Um, uh, with the sisters... I, um, it was good side plots, you know, since they had enough time to do side plots, you know, like nothing to like, nothing like to take away from like the movie or anything, you know, like, uh, um, Lynn and Lama being a good pair because, I mean, it makes like way too much sense. And them discovering the dragon was really nice. Uh, so, uh, Lucy, um, Bringing in Lucille was also nice because that makes sense for her character, you know. Like she found out that she has ancestors, you know. So of course, Lucy's gonna like bring, try to bring one of them, like try to summon one of them. And of course, it was her counterpart, uh, her counterpart from four hundred years ago, Lucille. And you know, Lucille also plays a big role in this episode, so. We know ghosts and dragons are real in Scotland. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, wait. Was that uh, something else before I get to the yeah. Lenny uh, and Scott? Uh, part? Nope, the Lenny and Scott from Scotland. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that. Uh, Lenny and Scott, so... If y'all know me, which y'all probably don't, because, you know, I'm a nobody on this on this show. Uh, I, uh, Lenny and her ships, they all kind of went nowhere for me, because, you know, I really, um, I re I re I'm really not that big of a shipper person, but when I am, I, I like, uh, I really enjoy it. So this is actually one of them. Um, I like, even though it was like small, it, it felt very organic to me. It felt really organic uh, how they was just hanging out with each other and they was knitting together and stuff and we got a kiss. 
something that I thought was going to happen and it actually ended up happening anyway. So I was like, oh, okay, thank you, Loud House Movie. Thank you for doing that. Um, so obviously at the end of the movie, uh, they said it was long distance. Uh, apparently they gave each other gifts in the span of I don't know how long. Um, I don't know, uh, since this is canon, I don't know if this is going to be a thing. They probably had to break up because, um, an undercover mom, she has a crush on a, uh, an idiot with a cow lick. Um, so that may clash with each other, you know, um, but hey, well, we have to wait and see if, Imagine if Scott moves from Scotland, his family moves from Scotland just because he wants to see Lenny so bad. Imagine if we got a mis a misconnection 2.0 with those Ooh. two. I'd like to see that. <laughs> Not only would I would love to see that, honestly. Like give give my num give my baby some time to shine. She deserves she deserves a love life too. Even though she'll probably say choose work over that because you know. She's a hard-working woman. You know, she was a manager once. She'll probably be manager again, probably permanent down the line, you know. So, it's like, it's a, it's like, it's, it's a, it's whatever, you know. I'd be happy if they actually, like, continue that, but I wouldn't be upset if they don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that of all the older siblings, Lenny's the only one that doesn't really have a real true love life right now. I think only because, again, Lenny has so much responsibility right now with the fact that, you know, she's the oldest in the family now, now that Lori's gone. So she has to take care of the siblings, like in Boss Baby. She had an internship with the mayor, and she has her job. So I think it's kind of like she's very busy now, and I think a relationship would be a little too much for her to handle. But then, like, it's like Undercover Mom, she had that one-off crush, which I think I hope is just a one-off, because... To me, I liked her and Scott. I hope that maybe in season six he does come back. Because, like, if they can bring Betty back and bring a Sam... Like, if they brought Sam back, if they can brought Betty, if they can bring Betty back just to be like, here, Luann has a boyfriend now, that's cool. They can bring Scott back. Absolutely. But that, that had probably had to be in season six. Because I feel like if they mention the movie... Yeah. In the show, it has to be in season six because right now, obviously, they won't mention it in season five because season five is written in advance. So I think any any reference to the movie will be in season six. Like I thought about it, where they could probably mention it on the side of like it's like, hey, remember when we when we went to Scotland and I fought up a dragon and ghosts and stuff? That was pretty cool. And Lady's like, and my Scott from Scotland, they all just turn the camera and look at us. Cause we know the movie exists. Anyway, <laughs> you know they make it as a joke or something. But I, I hope you know what. Yeah, that's you, you made me think about something. What? Yeah, out of like the oldest girls, she's the only one that doesn't really have like a relationship. Uh, do you have any other f thoughts on the Lenny and Scott? Uh, no, no, whatsoever. Honestly, like. I like I said, I really hope they do. Um, if it'd be nice if they actually become a thing, you know. But if they don't, you know, it's whatever. Honestly, you know, it's nice that we got something in the movie. Yeah, I just hope they at least either do something with it. And if not, well, you know, what can you do? All right. So next thing we're gonna talk about is the new characters that were introduced in the movie, which is Angus and Morag. So let's start with Angus, who is voiced by the great. 
David Tennant, of course, you may know him from being Scrooge McDuck on the DuckTales 2017 show or uh, one of the te- the 10th Doctor on Doctor Who. But uh, Mitch, how do you feel about the new character Angus in the in the in the movie and his role as being the groundskeeper of the castle and being like a you know like a helping Lincoln when he wants to be Duke and just teaching him some lessons about being like a good person and trying to help the town and stuff. How do you feel feel about Angus's role in the movie? Um, you mean Scrooge McDuck? <laughs> yes, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> uh, no, uh, seriously though, I he um, besides the Loud House characters, he is my favorite. He is he was my he was the highlight of the movie for me. I loved how they played it straight with him. You know, like he just he's just like a groundskeeper. He helps everybody. He's just. He welcomed the last once he's uh he saw him and stuff, you know. He was just being overall really amazing. During um, you know, Lincoln's one of Lincoln's songs, I think it's uh I wanna I'm be, gonna Duke. be the if, Duke. <laughs> gonna be the Duke. You know, like he instantly told him, like, uh um, well, you gotta you gotta do right for the citizens in order for them to, you know, for them to get you on your side and stuff, you know. You don't you can't just be selfish, it's not about you, you know, you have to care for everybody, not just yourself, which is true. And that's honestly, like, really amazing that he said something like that. You know, he didn't just, you know, that's how you know he's not just like a, you know, a yes man towards Lincoln, you know, and uh, what allows as a whole. You know, he's like, well, no, you can't. Spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> For the for the like the two percent people who haven't saw this movie, that's why I'm glad that he ended up a Duke uh, of Scotland, you know, because he was an amazing fit. Yeah, so I really love Angus. He he was amazing, man, and an amazing voice actor uh, too. Yeah, it was pretty amazing that they got David Tennant for this movie that made more of a star-studded movie, and he was amazing as Angus, like. I didn't realize how likable Angus would be until, like, you know, he was the one that was teaching Lincoln that you have to give back to the people. You can't just be Duke for the sake of being Duke just because, oh, you want to be in the spotlight and now you have this crown and that's about it. You have all this attention and you're loved by the people, but you have to give back to the people in order to be to get to get affection and, and love and appreciation. And again, that's something that Lincoln needs to learn from his family is that he may give to to them but he needs to get back and that's the same thing that hap- that would happen if he became duke was that you have to give in order to receive something special and you may not get exactly what you want but that doesn't mean that what you get may not be something that means a whole lot to you by getting a thank you or or some validation or be reassured that you're doing what's right for everybody else so so again like in the song i'm gonna be the duke what uh, like Lincoln's be like i'm ready to be the duke no one's gonna steal my spotlight i'm gonna be the talk of the town and and angus is like no you can't just be like the talk of the town you have to do good things for the people you have to fix the town you have to appreciate everybody that who everybody in the town you have to do good deeds you have to do all in this or and then the the people will respect you and watch you to be your their duke. And I really like that Angus was trying to teach him that. Like I'm glad that Angus didn't turn out to be well, again, the main villain of the movie is is Borag, but didn't try to like turn his back on Lincoln or do anything like that. He was just trying to be a good person and just support Lincoln and show him 
and teach him what he's been trying to do this whole time. He hasn't been doing and he needs to learn that. So when Lincoln at the end realizes that he was being selfish by watching the crown and he realized that somebody this whole time was trying to teach me that you have to you have to give to the people and that's why Angus absolutely deserved being Duke in the end because he was the one that was looking out for everybody and Lincoln was just doing it for his own selfish ways. And uh, just off topic here, but I really did like that Lincoln wasn't exactly selfish in this movie per se. Not like a not like a overall not like a cartoony like out in the limo season one selfish Lincoln type way. He was selfish on the inside, but he wasn't turned into like a douchebag or something. Like he wasn't saying, "No, I deserve this. I should be in the spotlight. My sisters don't matter. I'm the one that deserves this." No, he wasn't that selfish at all. He was inside, but he needed to learn that I can't just do this for myself. I need to do it for everybody else, and that's why he decided to give the crown to Angus because Angus was the one that was that was so like, was was thinking about the people, what they needed, and that's why he would be a better leader than Lincoln would be in the end. So I really liked their, their little uh, friendship, and uh, Angus trying to be a good, uh, you know, support to Lincoln, and, you know, like, L Lincoln said at the end, you ever need some Duke advice, just call me. So I, I, really, I would like to see maybe in season six, they drop, like, a, a, a hint to that. Like maybe Lincoln calls up, uh, like like maybe Lincoln mentions that he's been talking to Angus and he's been giving him some Duke advice on the side, which would be really nice. Or again, maybe they might do a special in season six where they go back to Scotland and they see how the town is doing after Angus became the Duke. And maybe you know Angus tells Lincoln, you know, maybe when you're older, you could actually take over again, like your family did back then, or something. And Lincoln's like, I'd love to, but it's just too much responsibility for me right now, you know. So maybe maybe when you're older you can become Duke again or something but you know I, I loved Angus he was great in this movie and probably again like, like Lily the MVP of the movie just teaching Lincoln to be a good person and I really I really liked Angus a lot really such a great character that is my daddy we need more Anguses in this world absolutely yeah absolutely now let's talk about the main villain of the movie, which is Morag. So, Mitch, how do you feel about Morag, the main pro the main antagonist of the movie? Oh, she sucked because what? she's the villain. Oh, <laughs> like wait, <laughs> what did you did you hate her that much? <laughs> no, obviously not. You know, um, uh, Morag's character to me it was very interesting as well. I I liked her. I liked her too. You know, um. Hang on, I'm trying to think what to say because I really don't have a lot to say about Ang uh, about Morag. But she played her role well, though. Um, how uh, she, you know, managed to uh, manipulate Lincoln um, and, uh, was uh, honestly like it was it was really good. You know, she overheard this conversation talking to Clyde. You know, and. You know, she pretty much used that to her advantage and stuff. You know, uh, well, she didn't really start out as a villain at first. She was just pretty much annoyed. Where that's, that was before we found out why. Um, you know, like I guess her great grandmother, great great grandmother. You know, right, uh, right. Her dear from, old Aggie. Yeah. I, well, okay. Call it that. Her dear old Aggie. Um, drove uh, the louse away. Um, and. We thought she just thought they left. No. no, it was Daryl Agger who drove them away. 
using um using uh, the dino uh the dinosaur. The dinosaur <laughs> the drag the dragon gem. Yeah, the dragon gem to control the dragon to pretty much flee them away or else he was gonna kill her. Kill them. Um Was she though? So that's Was she gonna huh? kill him? Was she gonna kill him? <laughs> I mean, hey, if they wasn't gonna leave, that's exactly what she, Bill Aggie was gonna do. Have you killed the bad Aggie? <laughs> Sorry, I need to make that. She was gonna, wrong. she was, she was gonna get ten of them with oh my God. women. So <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so she, uh, you know, found the book that that um, pr she pretty much is like re wanted to repeat history. So in order to do that, she uh, found the gem, um, used it again on Lincoln while he was riding uh, the dragon, um, Lila. Lila. And Lila, Lila and Stitch, <laughs> um, and just run rapid to make to, to make the citizens think that he's doing this on purpose yeah. when he's not. He's uh, he's he doesn't have control of, of Lila. So after that, that's when he, you know, loses uh, his confidence, run away crying. Oh you know, gosh. I know that hurt. I know that hurt you a oh, lot. That hurt your, your little one heart. One of the most heartbreaking scenes in the movie is that scene, and then follow up with like again the scene where the family goes to, to comfort him and say we'll help you build the town, and then the mob comes, and then he just he just puts the crown down and is like, "Can we go home now?" Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, my baby. Baby boy. Number one baby boy. Um, so they end up going home, and Morag's plan, you know, successfully almost worked. It only worked for about, like, I don't know, three minutes. So she ends up becoming, you know, Duchess, and she, uh, you know, tries to put the citizens, you know, um, in her way, uh, through, uh, try to let them obey her and stuff, but obviously they not, they, they don't want to do that. So she threatens them by using Leela with the, uh, with the gym and to kill them if they have any problems, you know, y'all gonna be, you know, burnt crisp if y'all don't do what I say. Uh, so the louds, you know, they come back and it's just, it's not <laughs> insane freaking fight that they all have trying to, Get the gem away from Morag and stuff, you know, all of that. Um, it was just, yeah, like, and I thought that her fate at the end of the movie was she was just gonna, like, all she wanted was peace and quiet, but since she tried to freaking kill citizens and children, not once, but multiple times, literally was freaking kicked Lincoln with your heel on your freaking. Shoe like and that, almost, that's the part of the shoe that hurts. And she almost caused yeah. him to fall off a cliff. <laughs> by the way, yeah, you literally almost caused him to fall off a cliff to die or drown. Like, yeah, you ain't gonna get no peace. So <laughs> she ended up. I think uh, they literally like take her to uh, a place to that place where the pelicans was, or she just uh, swam. Seals. And the seal. The funny thing is, the seals all look like the louds too, which is funny. <laughs> I didn't wait. They do. Yes. I didn't even notice that. Yes, yeah, some of the seals actually do have like like a loud stuff on it. Like one of the seals has Lincoln's hair. Another seal has Lisa's glasses. 
to tell you that they're actually supposed to be loud too, which is very funny. <laughs> wow, that's a good side gag that I didn't even see. That's what I get for only watching this once when it premiered. <laughs> Uh, but no, obviously that wasn't her fate because when uh, in the end credits, um, one of the scenes had uh, Duke Angus come back to get her because you know he's not evil, you know, to say hey, you can try to you can try to you know earn everybody's respect again by you know working hard because you know he has a good heart. You know, if it was if it was up to the last, they would have let her stay there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, she was a good character as well. Oh, song. I I like that song. You know, it wasn't the best song. Not to me, and especially not to uh, my counterpart over here. Um, but we'll uh, get into that a little later. But uh, yeah, she had a really good character. Yeah, I agree. Not as good as Angus, though, but, you know, it was good enough. I think Morag was the perfect antagonist for a Loud House movie. Because she's over-the-top, cartoony villainous. Like, it's just the perfect way you could have introduced a antagonist to the Loud House. Because, again, the Loud House doesn't really have antagonists or, like, vil like villains, for example. Like, an antagonist. Like, I guess you could say, like, Chandler is, like, an antagonist for Lincoln, but not, like, in this kind of way. So the way they went about Morag, just be like, I just want some peace and quiet and these obnoxious, you know, loud characters or in my in my castle that I've, that I've been watching for years are back again and I just want to drive them away. Is it good enough, you know, like, uh, motivation? Because, again, like, obviously anyone would be upset that they had to live with a chaotic, loud family like the Louds, for sure. So, like, her be like, I just want them to go away. Is It's a good enough, you know, motivation for her. I think her song is actually a, a banger, honestly. It's like, it's not one of my favorites, but the Duchess I Will Be is pretty catchy. That's very good way to set up her motivations. It definitely reminds me of, like, I know this is a super, like, deep-cut reference, but Cats Don't Dance. There's a song there, uh, Darla Dimple sings called Big and Loud, her reprise song, where she's, like, telling, like, she's thinking about how she wants all the, the animals to leave, and there's, like, a big scene where she wants them to, you know, do, like, it's just a big villain song. It reminds me of that from that movie, so it's a big deep-cut there. But I think Morag overall was a great villain just for the Loud House itself. It be that you know she her her great uh uh her 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 auntie Aggie was the one that drove away the lock louds to be like okay you you can't stay I just want that I would want them to go away because I want quiet, peace and quiet too was the way that you could parallel that and you know I I just think Morag was such an interesting character like like same thing with Angus I don't have a lot to say about her but I think she was the best villain for a Loud House movie and how over-the-top cartoony villain she was. And, you know, again, while, like, you know, her motives weren't as, you know, like, built up, I just think she's a pretty interesting character. And I do like that Angus did, uh, you know, try to say, oh, you can redeem yourself at the end. Like, he did want to forgive her by making her, you know, <laughs> serve the uh, the ghosts of the Lock Louds, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall, Ang you know, not Angus, uh, Morag was a pretty interesting villain. I think she's really cool, and uh, I really liked, you know, her um, her conf confront her uh, her her fight with Lincoln and him confronting her, and you know, him realizing you should just apologize to everybody. She's like, no, all I want is like, like I I love the scene on the dragon when like. Uh, Morag is like, you should be under my command. And Link is like, is this what this is all about? 
power, like, ugh, that hits me so hard. And, like, and then, or, or the scene where, like, like, he's trying to distract her, and she, like, repeats to him, like, you're not gonna be anything. You're never gonna be special. Like, ugh, that hit me so hard, man, when she, like, basically just hit him with the realization that he would probably never be special, and he's like, no, you're wrong. Like, ugh, so good. Like, I love that conf confrontation between Morag and Lincoln. It's so good. Like, that, those scenes are great. So, yeah, I think Morag is a wonderful villain. I, I loved her so much in this movie. But, again, it's hard to say, it's hard for me to say a lot about her, but I just think overall she and Angus are both great additions to the Loud House. They are both really great characters for this movie. Yeah, honestly, like, they, they were really good choices, you know. Perfect antagonist, perfect protagonist. Alright, so let's jump over to the songs then. So this sound this this the loudest movie has an amazing the movie has an amazing soundtrack. Like I think every single song on the soundtrack are all bangers. But Mitch, if you had to pick some of your favorite songs from the Loud House movie soundtrack, which ones would be your favorites? Um, I like the Loud House I like the Loud House. That was that was really nice. Um what else? Well, I mean, there's like nine songs, so there's really not a lot to choose from. <clears throat> uh, but again, I only seen this movie once, so I'm just remembering what I heard. I like uh, "Ordinary Me." That's probably yes. my favorite from the uh, from the from the bunch. Now I'm a boomerang. This question back to you. I already know the answer, but tell me anyway. <laughs> I mean, we can all agree, "Ordinary Me" is obviously the best song in the movie <laughs> like no 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 contest ordinary me is just the number one best song in the movie astro bishop just nailed it with that song he's amazing singing as lincoln and that song just moved me so much i listen to it almost every day it means a whole lot to me on a personal level be it that it's my favorite character singing this song about how he feels like he's not special enough like his family. It touched me so much. Like, I I just can't not praise Ordinary Me for being the driving force of the entire movie and it just being so special. And of course, I hate to keep saying special, but it's hard not to say special, but like that song is so special to me. I love it so much. I cry every time I think about Ordinary Me. It's just a masterpiece. But I do want to say that uh, Life is Better Loud, the prologue song that opens up the entire movie with... You know, oh, yeah! Yes. Is That was amazing. amazing! That was honestly a really great... That was honestly like, oh, man, the... the uh, uh... Oh, man. Ah, you... Oh, yes. The, the beginning of the movie was probably like... was amazing. The fact that we got that whole... Like... Full, the the full um the full backstory on like how Lynn and Rita met which um from the show yes way back in season one honestly with Cover Girls but like how you know how they how like seeing all the uh, Loud House kids when they was young and stuff while wow, this song was playing was just really sweet man it was really sweet I I love that song too thank you for reminding me <laughs> yeah I almost forgot about the prologue but yeah no that. That is, like I've said before, that is how you open a movie. That is how you start a movie. For Because, again, like, this movie is obviously made for us fans. And all the Easter eggs and references they put into the show for us longtime fans of the show. But when you do a movie that you know that people outside of the, of the fandom is going to watch, 
that is how you open up a movie by saying, okay, we're going to, like, as, they, as the director said, it's 20 years and 20 minutes. Basically, you just, like, you just know everything about the show literally in those 20 minutes of how Rita and Lynn Sr. met, how they fell in love, they got engaged, got married, and had the loud house, and they had all the kids be, uh, like, growing up in the house and stuff. Like, that's how you introduce the world of the Loud House, by showing this huge chaotic family in 20 minutes in a, in a full song. And it's so amazing seeing all the all the Loud family members as little kids, because we barely get to see that in the show. So seeing a full flashback of them all growing up, is a little baby Lincoln can be blessed to our world, and just all of them as little kids, like, that is how you start a Loud House movie, and it's so perfect. Like, it's literally just perfection like I, I i like when we saw that it's like okay now we know this movie is going to be so faithful to the show by adding in just the perfect way to start a movie is that and it's amazing it's it's just incredible <laughs> honestly i like the fact that like we got you know lincoln's va this is his fourth one um yeah, his fourth one I had to, I had to pick for a second. Yeah. Um, and he's the one that can sing and I like my theory was is that like before any of this came, because he started in twenty nineteen, mm -hmm. um, they was like, All right, so first things first. Um, we got some we got this movie that we trying to do and you know, uh also uh no, we got this special that we trying to do, you know, because, uh I, you know that was uh, that was the first episode of season five, and he came like two, four episodes beforehand. Can you sing? And and they Ash was like, "Yes, good, you're hired." <laughs> but wait, you don't need to hear. No, you're hired. No, Come you're on. Hired. No, I feel like the movie affected that too. Where obviously the movie's been in production for years, so I feel like when they decided to do the movie and they wanted to write songs for Lincoln. Like, when they hired a new Lincoln, and they're like, okay, uh, first things first, can you sing? Yes, you're hired. Wait, you don't want to hear it? You're hired, <laughs> basically. And it's like, we, we, wait, so this, this Lincoln voice actor can sing? Yes. That means we can do two songs, right? Yes. Excellent. Because, <laughs> like, uh, like, because you guys know, like, you'll know me, but you do know me, is that I am a huge musical fan. So anytime that my favorite character gets to sing... Yes, I am. So anytime my favorite character gets to sing in the show it is like a blessing to me. So the fact that the fourth Lincoln voice actor is a professionally trained singer has gotten to sing multiple times on the show and even in the movie got two songs. One that's a solo, one's a duet between David Tennant, but still got to sing in the show and in the movie is like been a double blessing to me as a musical fan and also a fan of The Loud House. So like school, for example, like having that big musical number, we got this. Like I remember when that that clip dropped, I had tears in my eyes, just dripping down, being like, "We can see in the show." Oh my god, it's been five years, finally! And then when when I found out the movie was a musical, and Lincoln gets two songs in the show, uh, that show the movie. And when Ordinary Me like just started, I started crying so much. I was bawling my eyes out like he gets this big i want song in the movie and it's a beautiful just amazing song that i love so much it's great that i'm gonna be the duke is so catchy i love i'm gonna be the duke it is is, is amazing i love that song too but like every I, I just think every single song of the soundtrack is a banger even like the underrated like uh now or never during the montage or the traveling or the end credit song uh 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 
Let's Get Lost Together, like that song's so great, or uh, or My Way Back Home during the, re- the, 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 the rebuilding of the town, like every song in this, all of them, even if some of them are just okay, like the villain song or, or um, you know, This Town Is Made For You, every single song in this tra- soundtrack, I think is just, or even like Loud Castle, like I was telling Mitch before uh, off, uh, off recording that I can't even listen to the main theme song now, like the extended theme song, without being like uh it's all about me now spotlight on lincoln loud stepping out of the crowd to really shine I, I, that's all i know now i could not tell you the rest of loud castle but when that um spotlight spotlight on lincoln loud part drops i know when it drops and i'm ready to sing along <laughs> that's how much i love the soundtrack i think it's such an amazing soundtrack and it's something i've wanted from the show for a while to be like this is a banger of a soundtrack like like, I really like real live music. It's cool and all. But this is how I feel should be a re- if If I could say a real Loud House musical, it is definitely the, the, the movie soundtrack versus really live music, for example. Not saying real live music isn't great and all, but I feel like what I wanted from a, a Loud House musical is what the movie gave to me. And I love the soundtrack, like, so much. I think it's a masterpiece. It's incredible. I love every single song on the soundtrack. Not a single one does it hit for me. Every single song on the soundtrack is amazing. Would you say? <laughs> I would say anything. I was just listening. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is the animation. So, of course, uh, Jamfield, the main animator of the on the show, did not animate the movie. It was a different studio. Uh, so, so the animation got a very different upgrade. The character animation is a lot different from the show. Very different style. The backgrounds are gorgeous. The the shading, everything about the movie has a bigger sub camera angles. Everything about the movie, like there's a lot a bigger budget in, that was put into the animation. So, Mitch, how do you feel about the animation in this movie? Oh my god, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> this animation is amazing. Um, so, before this, uh, we got like four or five previews before the movie came out. And uh, like a co- all of them kind of look wonky. It'll, they looked very wonky. They looked off. And some fans... Like, 80% non-Loud House fans was kind of crapping on it, saying that this looks terrible. And I was kind of scared that this is how the movie was going to look um, throughout the whole thing. But honestly, I would have ignored it, you know, because we still get this movie. I don't care. But no, apparently, I guess, I don't know, I guess, <laughs> I, I don't know, I guess, like, them showing it, uh, them showing it, um, showing us the, the previews before the movie came out, just, it was just weird, but once we saw, once I actually saw this movie, man, it was, the, the animation was just stellar. It was stellar, man. And, uh, I, I just been like a, I just been like an animation uh, that the older I get, the more I notice, uh, how much I like stuff, you know, like that. And, the other thing that I really enjoy um, is shading. Uh, Sonny has been hearing me screaming about that more than a because uh, ever since like I've been um, doing commissions for people, 
I always want shading in my drawings because ever since I've seen like some some person, I don't know who it was, had like shading in their drawings. I said, this is beautiful. I want this. I want to see all drawings like this, all of my drawings, all of them, because I love, oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> because I love shading. I love shading so much. It's my favorite. It's my favorite thing in any type of animation, any type of, any type of drawing. I love it. And they deliver with the shading. Um, one of my favorite uh, moments of it um, is uh, when Luna is performing uh, and we see Sam and Lincoln cheering my own, and the yes. shading is the shading with like the color scheme just glowed off of it. That that was I that was like that was beautiful like animation animation eye candy right there. Oh my god! And um another part um when uh the loud kids was all showing Lincoln their rooms and all of them had like all of them had like a uh, signature uh their signature colors as their room um. One of them was uh, Lenny's, you know, <laughs> not not biased here. I'm just saying, uh, hers is my favorite part. Hers is my favorite uh, part of the room because it was like turquoise, and turquoise is my favorite color. So seeing like the shading of that mixed with like her mint green was just beautiful to me. So yes, I love the animation and the shading in this. It was it was fantastic. No, I agree. Like, it was definitely a bigger upgrade from the from the show. Like, <laughs> it was hard for me to actually watch the main show after the new episodes dropped because it felt like such a drop in quality. <laughs> like, I, the, the movie, like, they just did such a great job with not just, like, the backgrounds and the shading, but the character animation is so much more fluid than the actual show. Like, there's a lot more expressiveness to the character animation. Like, one of my favorite scenes ever is, like, when Lincoln's first discovering the, the Duke the Duke's room, and he's like, and a camera just spins around Lincoln, and he's like, wait, the boy in the painting was the Duke? Hang on, the boy with the white hair is the Duke? The boy in the painting with the white hair that had ten scissors that looked just like me was the Duke? And his eyes get all sparkly and stuff, and then it's just like, his eyes are still sparkling when he's talking to Lynn and Lana. The boy was the Duke! It's like, oh, that is so, so amazing. Like, it's just, like, the animation is so much more expressive, so much more fluid than the show, and, and it feels like the show now is kind of a little downgrade just because how flat the animation is on the show, because, again, it's supposed to be like that because a cartoony comic strip style. But the way that they, they really just upgraded a lot of stuff in the movie with, di with doing different camera angles and different shots and the shading and the background and the lighting is so much more bigger than the show and it, it, it impressed me so much on how much they really did go all out with this like they didn't have to give them such a bigger budget for the movie but so many things they did throughout this movie made it feel like yes this is a theatrically this is a theatrical movie even though it's on netflix we're making it feel like it's a big budget theatrical movie and they did such an amazing job with the animation i would say it is definitely a bigger upgrade from the show itself I can't. I can't express enough how how much I love that. If I go back to watch the movie, I'm dead. But the animation and shading alone. Yeah, it's definitely eye candy. So, uh, last thing is final thoughts on the movie. But I forgot to mention real quick the two most important cameos in the movie because you mentioned the Sam cameo. 
the certain the, the two most important cameos in the movie, the Bobby and Ronnie and cameos. <laughs> Cause I cannot be remiss without mentioning the Bobby and Ronnie and cameos. So Mitch, how'd you feel about Bobby and Ronnie and getting cameos in the Loud House movie? Well, um so this got announced uh way back in January when we got the um and as time went on Sunny didn't think it was going to happen. Nope. She didn't think it was going to happen all throughout the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And I kept on telling her, it's going to happen. They wouldn't just have her in the cast for nothing. And all the previews that we got, she was like, I just want, I just want, i like, no. <laughs> Why don't you just wait till the movie comes out? She didn't wait. Roddy is coming. Until, until is coming. <laughs> Ronnie Ann's VA, Isabella Alvarez, had to tell them herself. <laughs> like the day before the movie came yep. out to give her closure. I'm like, ah, y'all, y'all never learn. <laughs> but when it showed up, I was like, okay, I like this, you know. Um, Bobby and Lori was talking to each other, you know, mm-hmm. and then they got bad connection and stuff. So it ended up saying like, oh, we're breaking up. I'm breaking up for you with somebody named Scott. <laughs> and Bobby was getting a little Jason, uh uh-uh. uh. And then Ron Ann just popped up, just teleported. The the freaking <laughs> it, the camera just zoomed out and there she was <laughs> with a popsicle, you know. It wasn't orange, sadly. It was it was pink. Mm-hmm. Uh and she was like she was being a supportive little sister. Yeah. That's all that she was doing. She had three lines, being a supportive little sister. And then Bobby was gonna go gonna go to Scotland and then she looked at the camera was like that's it that's all I get okay I'll take my money Nickelodeon see you in the Casa Grande (laughs) yeah and then Bobby shows up at the end to be the ending gag of the episode of the movie which I knew would happen sadly (laughs) I kind of forgot I was like oh that Bobby right what about that yeah, I mean, what, like, the thing is, like, the problem with me with Bobby and Ronnie and representation in the Loud House is I know exactly how they treat them in the main show is that Bobby gets to show up because he's dating Lori, and that's exactly what happens. He's dating Lori, and then Ronnie and is just an afterthought, which is, which is sad, because, like, like, like to me, the Casagrandes have been so great with recognizing that Lincoln is Rodian's second best friend compared with Sid, but in the main show, they just like to ignore Rodian like she's literally nothing. It doesn't mean anything to Lincoln whatsoever, so they really should mean nothing. But, you know, when I saw them, I was really happy because, again, I saw Bobby. I knew he was coming. But when Rodian showed up, finally, I was so happy because I'm like, yes, Rodian representation. You finally recognize her. You realize that she's important to the show itself. Please acknowledge her. I don't care if she doesn't get to talk to Lincoln. I know I was upset that she didn't get to talk to Lincoln. But, hey, at least she's there. She, she's acknowledged. You know, that's cool. You know, I was a little disappointed that, like, like, Lincoln got to call Clyde and tell him he was moving to Scotland, but didn't call any of his other friends or Roddy in for that matter that, hey, by the way, I'm moving to Scotland. Or, you know, like, how Lori got back, like, Lori had bad connection with Bobby, and yet Lincoln could call Clyde perfectly in Scotland. I don't get that. That was so weird. I guess because, like, they was still outside, and before they even got to compared to he's in a whole castle. Yeah, but, like, Lori could, like, call... Like, Lori could have called 
Bobby, after that, be like, hey, bad connection, sorry, Boo Boo Bear, you know? Like, that's all you really had to do, but, you know, whatever. That, that's, like, my one complaint with the movie was, you did that bad connection joke, only to have Lincoln call Clyde perfectly the same we're moving to Scotland, by the way. <laughs> you know, like, I kind of wish that, like, the whole moving to Scotland thing, I wish had a big, bigger impact on the movie than it was like, oh, we're moving to Scotland, and not really. We all know that we're not going to anyway, but whatever. But, yeah, no, the Bobby Rodney cameo, as much as, you know, I wish she didn't know what she, I wish Rodney had, had much more to do. I'm just happy that they acknowledge her and they're like, here, Lotus fans, here, here, there she is. You happy? Yes. Thank you for Roddy and representation. Now do that in the actual show, Loud House. If you're going to acknowledge her and let her appear, let it be in the show, okay? Like, that's all you have to do. If she just shows up with Bobby, fine, okay? That's cool. At least you remember she exists instead of, like, ignoring her in the actual show. But I do like her being supportive of Bobby by saying you can't let anybody, you can't let someone else be her boo-boo bear, which is ironic because we just had teed off with the episode where Bobby thinks Lori has a new crush on a guy. So that's really weird timing and foreshadowing. But yeah, like, you know, and her looks at the camera, which is really cute. Like, thank you, Isabella, for your three-line contribution. And thank you for telling us you're in the movie. Because I, I bet Isabella was, like, so, like, bombarded by, like, Fans asking her, are you in the movie? You... Yeah, thank you. I didn't know how to say it. Like, I bet she was being flooded by fans asking, are you in the movie? 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 And she's like, guys, chill. I'm in the movie, okay? Yay! <laughs> like, thank you. Thank you for reassuring us you're in the movie. Even if it's, your... Even if it's three lines, Isabella, thank you for being in the movie. So we appreciate it. So, yeah, I know. I'm like 50-50 where I'm like, yes, I kind of wish she should have just had a scene with Lincoln over the phone or something. That would have been nice. But at the same time, I'm like, they acknowledged her. They acknowledged Bobby. That's cool. And maybe when they do the Casa Grande movie eventually in like 2024 or whatever, they'll have Lori Lincoln appear in a one-second cameo too to make up for it. So, yeah. No, I, I, I like their cameo. I, I'm just like, yeah, they're there. Cool. We acknowledge they exist. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine with me, you know, but I wish they, I wish it was like, okay, you, you do that in the, the movie, great for the fans, now do it in the, in the actual main show. Make up for it, you know. <laughs> Alright, hopefully they will, hopefully they will this season six, you know, only time will tell. Yeah, so, uh, after I mentioned a little rant, so yeah, so now we're gonna get back, to, gonna get to the last thing, which is Overall thoughts on the movie. So, again, the movie is now officially, I say quotation marks, canon to season four, season five, because in between the seasons. And to me, season five really did impact the movie and many of the story beats of the movie. I feel like season five had a lot to do with that itself. But to Mitch, but, but my question to you, Mitch, overall, how do you feel the movie lived up to the hype expectations of having a movie for our show? And also, does it live up to the name of The Loud House being like this? Does it feel like The Loud House itself to the, to the animated show? Does it feel like a bigger thing from the show? But what are your overall thoughts of having a Loud House movie? My overall thoughts is that I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting like this movie to, you know, I have, I didn't have I really didn't have any expectations for it because, you know, it's them going to Scotland. You know, it's like what can I expect from that? 
Um, well, not, but once I watched it, it just felt, it just honestly felt like, it felt like just a normal episode of Loud House, you know? It felt like a TV movie, honestly. And I'm saying it like as a it's in, in a good way because, you know, like overall this movie was this movie was really good. It was really good. I have little to no negative thoughts about this at all. Like for the this is like you know Loud House fans. This is a this is a perfect this was perfect for the Loud House fans. You know, it was a real. It's this is like honestly like a treat for us. Especially the Lincoln fans, you know. I feel like that that was that was an even bigger treat for y'all than overall fans of of the of, of the uh, series. And yes, it most definitely lived up. It, it most definitely lived up to the hype, in my opinion. You know, it most definitely lived up to the hype. I enjoyed this movie front to back, back to front. It was just, it was it just, it was just it's just a feel good movie, you know. And that. We can look back on, you know, like a year from now. It's like, oh yeah, we got a whole movie now. Ain't that something? <laughs> you know, it's like something that we can all just like watch together. You know, like something that we can watch together. You know, as like fans to rejoice that we have this movie. The fact that we came this far from so much controversy and fandom drama and bad reviews on YouTube and all of that, you know, the fact that we have 125 episodes, five seasons, two movies, a spinoff with three seasons, comic books that still go on to this day, and novels from a, a successful show on Nickelodeon that if they easily could have got the boot, if Nickelodeon didn't give it a chance, but somehow, you know, it we 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 broke through the cracks because people at the time was just tired of seeing how terrible SpongeBob was at the time with gross-out shows and shows about rabbits and booty shaking, freaking breadwinners and all of that, all of that mess. That was just, we was just tired. So here we are today, you know, some people may say the show's weak, some people may say it's bland and all of that, but, you know, that's their opinion. For us as Loud House fans, we love this show, and it brought us so many good memories, bad memories, but one thing that I can say that this show changed my life, and I'm glad that, I'm glad that um, I, it's my favorite cartoon of all time, so... Yeah, overall, I'm happy that we got this movie. I agree. I mean, being a fan of the show for five years after this movie and, like, getting the credits and getting that, that ending title card where it says, like, thank you to the extended Lao family for all your support and love of the show, to me, meant that being a Loud House fan for five years was worth it. And the fact that, like, again... Like, this has been, like, the, the newest cartoon I've ever been into that's lasted this long is crazy to me that I, I, I stuck around this long because I, like, I feel like it was any other show I would have left, like, in season three or four or something. But the fact that I stuck through it because I was so passionate about the show, I made so many friends, I felt like I didn't lose 
side of how much I love this show and how much it's had a huge impact on my life. And being that, again, Lincoln Loud is my number one favorite character of all time. And no character has, like, affected that spot. You know, I've, I've had many characters come along the way, but Lincoln has stuck in that number one spot because I think he's my favorite protagonist of any show I've ever watched. Like, again, you could say, some people will say the show is boring or it's plain or whatever. It's just a slice of life cartoon, but... To me, that's what makes it so special because it's so different compared to what what's on TV right now. That's so all these lore heavy shows, all these plot shows. It's just too much for me to handle. So a show like The Loud House that just wants to be exactly what it is. It's a wholesome, fun show full of great characters that you could get attached to from their personalities and just relate to them in, in these relatable situations. It's something very special to me that makes me smile. That's kind of why The Simpsons is my second favorite show because the reason I got into The Simpsons was because I love the family dynamic in the show. Like, I just love the wholesome family stuff in that show. And that's the same thing for The Loud House. Is like, I just love watching it for these characters who I feel like are just so fun to watch and just seeing what kind of relatable struggles they can go through and I can relate to that. <clears throat> and see, like, the movie, again, was about Lincoln, who is my number one favorite character of all time, and seeing that he was going through a similar situation that I felt so much in my life of, like, feeling left out or feeling overshadowed or insecure about myself and so many things that I've struggled with in my life, knowing that my favorite character has gone through so many situations like that. And to know that, like, as Loud House fans... I've been a Lincoln Loud fan for like five years and I've kind of had this assumption that people really didn't understand what makes Lincoln so special to the show. Like everybody has their favorites, I know, and the sisters again do stand out compared to Lincoln. But after the movie, I've heard so much positive reception about Lincoln from the movie that now I've realized that being a Lincoln fan for five years was worth it. After people, after people have like come to me and said like, I either have a better appreciation for Lincoln as a character now, or I'm starting to like Lincoln better now, and that was my main goal for this movie was for people to recognize why season five Lincoln is the best Lincoln, and also why Lincoln is the most important character to the show, and why he's the best character in the entire show. Like, okay, I know that's a stretch to say he's the best character. Like, I will say he's the best character, but. For people to recognize that the movie has touched upon why Lincoln is such a strong character, why people have, like, overlooked him for five years in the fandom, makes me feel like being a Lincoln Lau fan for five years has been worth it. Because I love him not just as a character that I think is a super cute, precious little angel boy, but just because, to me, he's such a strong character that people need to recognize and understand why he's so... Why he's so special to me and why, he's, why he is the heart of the show. And making the movie all focus around him and why he is the glue that holds this crazy family together. And that, you know, at the end where he, he, he told his sisters that, oh, I, like, you guys win trophies, you get your pictures taken, and I just wanted to be special too. And then reassuring him, you always take care of us. You're always looking out for us. You have a place in this family. You're the glue that holds us together. You do all this for us. And Lincoln just looks at the camera and says, I'm okay with that. And they all hug him. It's so amazing to me. Like, that is quintessential Loud House. That is what makes the show so special to me. Is that the family, their genuine love for each other. And that Lincoln isn't just, like, he isn't treated 
badly because he is the only boy in the family of sisters. His sisters love and support him. And that's what makes this movie so amazing to me, to show that the family just loves each other so much. And that's what makes Loud House so special to me, is that the, the, the show just wants to be this wholesome like this wholesome fun show to show you that this huge chaotic family no matter how crazy they are in the end love each other so much and that's what makes it so amazing to me and that the fact that that we have five seasons as a, su a successful spin-off a two movies graphic novels and things like that shows that Nickelodeon did not lose faith in this show I gave it a chance, and look how far we've come, and that just makes me feel so amazing to be a Loud House fan now. That we have so much content to look for to have now, and to look forward to in the future, which is crazy. A sixth season, a third season of a spinoff, and a live-action movie, that's just even crazier to me. We just never win we, we just never lose as Loud House fans, and that's amazing to me. So I'm proud to be a Loud House fan. I'm a forever be proud to be a Loud House fan. So again, thank you, Mitch, so much for coming on to my show. I was so happy to have you on talking about the new episodes of The Loud House and discussing the having a full discussion about the Loud House movie. So again, thank you so much for doing with doing this with me, Mitch. No problem. I'm happy to do this with you. I'm happy that um, I'm one of the uh, reoccurring characters in in this podcast. Can't Absol wait to do another one. Oh, yeah, I will definitely have you on again in the future sometime, absolutely. Um, is there any social media you'd like to plug on my show before we go? Um, yes, uh, I have a Twitter, which I barely use, but I still have it, um, at, you know, KingBitch20. I actually, since uh, a couple of my friends have been reaching milestones, I actually have a milestone that I want to reach as well. Okay. Uh, I want to try to get to 600 followers. I mean, no. Not 600 followers, excuse me. Is it 500 followers. Oh, 500. You're not there yet. Yes, I'm at, I'm at 463. So I would love to, I would love to get to 500. And we will make sure to do that. I will make sure to tell all my, uh, the many followers to follow you and get you to that milestone, even higher than that, of course. So make sure you follow Mitch on Twitter, and I'll put a link into that to his uh, Twitter in the description. And as for me, if you have any questions about the podcast or want to discuss the podcast with me, you can contact me over at XL Eclipse on Twitter, or at the podcast at Twitter, Costa Loud Chats. And again, thank you guys so much for listening to our full discussion of the Loud House movie, and the next time we'll see you is in September for all the Costa Grande episodes premiering in September. So, again, we'll see you all next time on Costa the loud chat.